Welcome to episode 37 of the Sacred Icon Halo Show. Wow, how about that? we got to get right into things. We don't want to waste any time. I'm your co-host, Jovial Joshi, back with episode 37, where we find our heaven. Something amazing has happened, guys. Halo has woken from cryosleep, and we got to get right into that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Halo OCD Baby himself. Brian Arvet. Brian, welcome to the Boom. show. Boom. Dude, I forgot I got this other, I got this other vein in my body that most humans don't have and this vein only runs one thing it's called Halo hype and it is pumping, bro. Oh, I like that. I could lift a car right now with these Halo hype veins. <laughs> Dude, okay. So, as you all know who listen who, people who listen to this podcast, when we started, we had, you know, like I'm holding up like my hands here. We had like this much this much Halo Infinite info. And after how many months we've been in the game now? Ten months, Josh? No, not quite ten. Eight? Close, Something like baby. that. May as well be. We got we got the same amount of Halo Infinite news as we did when we started. And it is about time. We're getting close to July. The hype is coming. Everyone's excited. We got the July event. And something just dropped today. Signal detected. The banished are in Halo Infinite. Man, that's Josh. amazing. I telling you what, I could not be more hyped. That blows my freaking mind, dude. Dude, I am stoked beyond belief. Uh, guys, you know, if you listen before, Josh hasn't played Halo Wars 2 yet, but he's seen a lot of the cutscenes, seen a lot of that stuff, kind of likes what he's seen. I've played Halo Wars 2. Many of us... Today. Yeah, today. today. <laughs> Josh would be like, well, I'll post another episode tomorrow. Josh would be like, I play Halo Wars 2 all Yeah, this, on this, this episode will go up and be like, Josh buys Halo Wars 2, and then tomorrow I'll just post me saying, I beat it. <laughs> I beat it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, So... Everybody in the community, well, not everybody, there's definitely some outliers, but people have been saying since Halo Wars 2 came out, they want the banished in Halo Infinite. Like, this is a good direction, this is a good thing. Um, 343, it's, it's interesting, because, like, I think my first um, my first look at the banished when Halo Wars 2 stuff was coming out, I was thinking, you know, it kind of just looks like the like Covenant that are colored red. Like, it kind of seems unoriginal. Mm -hmm. And to be fair to some people saying that, it technically is that a little bit, but they made a really interesting kind of story where they they said that, you know, before the end of the Covenant War, these uh, this sect of Covenant, the Splinter Group, broke off from the Covenant, and they were too strong that the Covenant weren't able to silence them, weren't able to take them out, and that was the Banished. And they've been growing up, like, they've been building up over time. They're very um, tyrannical. They're less organized. They're not based on like religion like religion's not their motivation so i think that's another thing that makes them really tough is because you know you think about like the elites the grunts all that they're there by force but they're also there by a promise of of a, of a future of religion and the banished dude they're just bad to the bone they don't have that and they're really cool design I, i've said before the thing i like about them the most 
is that uh, elites and brutes work together. I know that seems like such a minor thing, but like, you know, we've seen in the past that they're always against, you know, always kind of feuding against right. each other. So to have them working together under one banner, you know, they look so cool and red. I mean, Josh, what was your first thoughts? I think you were sleeping. You woke up and you saw yeah, this, right? Yeah, I'm waking up, and uh, I'm actually replying to a message from Brian about something else altogether. And I hop on Twitter, and I, that's the first thing I see. And I'm like, what? And I'm listening to it, and there's a, you know, there's the, it's like, this same, the same thing happened when the Force Awakens teaser released. And I remember, like, mm. I'm, I'm like, Chewy, I'm seeing it, home. and in this case, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, pro- but I'm not fully processing it. But my mind is being blown. It's like my mind is racing to catch up. It's all it's buffering, and I'm just like, what is happening right now, dude? I was like, I was like the Hulk in Endgame, where like he he touch he puts on the gauntlet, like you see like all that stuff rushing through yeah. his veins. Like that was me with the halo hype. I'm like, ah! Ah! it's been so long, like dust shot out of me. You know what I I'm guess, saying? Brian, <laughs> could you say that it's been a while? It's been a it's while. Been a while. Since I get first, song. I love that you wow. sing that part because I don't know anything Great. else in it, that song. I, the, other, the other day on vacation, which I'm gonna get to later in the podcast about my vacation, I was saying it's been a while, and I go, "It's been a while." And Erica goes, "Is it possible for that for you to say that without singing?" And I said, <laughs> "Even when I don't, it's in my head." Uh, so, in your point. words, that's a whole nope. That's a whole lot of nope from me, dog. That's a whole lot of nope, dog. <laughs> that's a, a big bowl of nope. Um. Okay, Josh, so, you know, taking it back to the banished, here's kind of my thoughts. Kind of, I've got so many different directions. So many different directions to take this. Okay, so if you look at, you know, I'm a Halo lore nerd. we got a lot, of, a lot of Halo lore nerds out there. And what's been so important to us is the extended material, real deep lore, stuff like that. And I think where this could co- – I'm going to get the – this is the tiniest of negative things. I'm going to get out of the way because this is all really positive. We're so stoked. Um, I think what's going to upset some people is that, you know – for a while, the Halo universe was kind of building this this narrative of uh, the Forerunners, the mantle of responsibility, you know, um, the created, Cortana, right. the Domain, Janus Key, all this stuff that while for some of us deep, hard-cut, you know, like Halo lore fans was so cool, it was just a lot. You know, it was just a lot. It was very convoluted. It was hard to keep track of it all. Some of it was in comics, some of it was in books, spinoff games, whatnot, you know, and then it all kind of came to this crescendo that was Halo 5 where... You know, we were introduced to people we didn't even know. Without a proper introduction, people were lost. The narrative didn't flow right, and, and 343 just took a step back as a whole. Now, I think there's going to be I think there's going to be two camps here. I think there's going to be the camp that says they should have stuck to their guns and they should have um, you know kept the stuff they'd started going. They should have kept that lore. They should have made the domain, the mantle responsibility. And the created and Cortana, all that stuff important. And to be fair, right now, because of the banished reveal, we don't know for sure that they've forgone any of that. But if you look at the art design, their approach to everything, the banished, the talk of it being a spiritual reboot, I think it's pretty safe they're not going to bring any super deep lore story bits right to the front of this game about Janus keys and absolute records and and domains. I just don't think that's going to happen for a spiritual reboot. So this is kind of um, assuming that I know more than I do I'm just I'm just saying that I think the direction they're taking is let's bring Halo back to what made it good. Let's focus on make this Halo is a video game series. It it, it got popular for being a, a great video game with good story, good multiplayer, good fun combat. I think they're just making uh, the small sacrifice they have to make for the greater good, which is kind of shoving some of that deep lore into the background and just saying, here you go, guys. It's going to be a Halo game where you fight. I mean, it's not the Covenant, but it's the Covenant. You know what I mean? You fight the, the you fight the enemies you like on a familiar place you like, a Halo ring world. You know, you got classic art style. I think they're just bringing everything 
back to simplicity in a way that makes sense in the lore as best it can. And I'm really excited about it. What do you think? I'm very excited about it because the biggest takeaway for me outside of the lore aspect, especially for someone who hasn't played Halo Wars 2 yet, boy, if there was a better time, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know what it is, when it is, because it's it's right now uh, to play Halo Wars 2. But Spoiler alert, it's now. <laughs> right. But uh, no, the thing I'm most excited for actually is the fact that Brutes are going to be back in the game, right? In Halo, in a Halo. I mean, yeah, they're the leaders. They're the big right. shots of the. So we're gonna get to fight yeah. brutes again. That makes me so excited. It hasn't been since ODST. How does that make you feel? No, Reach. I'm sorry, Reach. Right. Reach was in there. How does that make you feel though about that specific aspect? It makes me feel great, dude. Because like, I remember back when the brutes like came out in Halo, and thinking like, you know, I like the elites better, but the brutes are really cool. And then like when Halo Three came out, you primarily you know faced the brutes, and I was still shocked at how well they pulled that off. How much Halo, th- like people talk about Halo Three like it's their favorite Halo. A lot of people, and that's actually that's the third entry in a game, and the main enemy change is kind of changed. That's kind of miraculous. That like usually you'd think like if you took um, you know if you took Gears of War, you took the Locusts out, and then in Gears Three you fought something completely different. You could think like this, you know, this may, may not be a good idea, but it really worked with the brutes. And I think once Destiny came around, and we saw Bungie create. The Fallen, the Cabal, the Vex, the Hive, there? and the uh, the Hive. It, it just it just it made it. It was clear to me that that the people behind Bungie they know how to create an enemy race. They know how to create new uh, organic beings. And uh, so the Brutes really were an awesome addition to Halo. They felt right at home. Mm-hmm. And now it's been so long since we've actually had them in a proper first person shooter title. I'm looking forward to it, man. With the technology they got and with, you know, the banished instead of the covenant version of them, them being a lot more visceral. I'd like to see them charge us again like they did in Halo 2. I don't know. What do you think, Josh? But just in terms of charging us and just how they they're like, the combat tactics are. Like, <laughs> just charge you in Halo like 2. That. I mean, that would be yeah. that would be great for those dimly lit corridor moments possibly of them just like coming in and scaring the crap out of you. I would love dude. it, dude. Dude, and uh, make them huge. Make them look like look like you got to look up in the That'd game. That'd be great too. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like you get a sense of like Master Chief scale when you see that uh, Discover Hope video, right? You know, compared to yeah. Oscar Mayer, but like, man, yeah. imagine the brutes, how much uh, the bulky and dope, they dude. could look and stuff like that. Also, like, there's a cutscene that everyone here who's played Halo Wars Two is gonna know what I'm talking about, where at the beginning of Halo Wars Two, where Atriox just decimates a couple Spartans, like he just makes them look. Was like that them. the announcement trailer? Because I remember. Uh, I think it's it okay, guys. If, for Halo Wars yeah, 2. Yeah, if you guys are possibly just tuning into this for the first time, like Brian said, I've never played Halo Wars 2, and I've actually managed to steer clear of just about every bit of story details. And he just completed Halo Wars 1, like, a month Correct. ago. Correct. So, the only thing I can honestly, like, recall ever seeing from this game, really, was the announcement trailer back in, like, what, 2015, I think it was? Uh, might have been yeah. 15, yeah. But I just, Dude, Josh, a travesty has occurred. Oh, no. I think our excitement got the best of us, so I, I forgot. Josh, hit me up with the sound of a gangster jackal who was just sold a shield in an alleyway that broke the second he got it. Okay. <laughs> Voice of a gangster jackal who just yeah. sold a shield and it broke? No, somebody just sold a shield oh. to him and immediately it broke and he's pissed. Oh, man, I'm, let's see. Hey, you know, I got oh, shit. Let me, let, let me try that again. Let me try it again. Okay. You know, I got this uh, this shield, you know, and it broke, and I was supposed to take it home for my son's third birthday party. Say, so, hey, you know, I always wanted a shield. I want a shield, Dad, like the soldiers I see in the propaganda posters. Hey, but you know, it's broke. What am I going to do? <laughs> I got nothing with that, man. You know, I like it, it's Josh, terrible. but he doesn't sound mad. He sounds like super passive. I'm picturing like, yo, bro, you sold me a shield? This shit don't work, okay? I'm about to... 
I'm about to bust a jackal tooth in your ass, okay? I, I asked for a shield that you, you straight up, you push that little button, bam, it's like this hologram type shit that Master Chief can't get through to me. He's got to fire a freaking full plasma rifle bolt just to get that shit down. And then I start hurting him really bad. I start shooting. But you know what you sold me? You sold me this stupid little freaking button I click and it turns into, what's it turning into? It turns into a freaking potato. I want my money back for a busted cap. <laughs> oh, oh man, God, it was worth me failing to get to yours succeeding. <laughs> hey, they're both good. Mine sounds like I'd be terrified of mine. Yours, I'd be like, I'd be picking on them. I'd be like, yeah, and I'm gonna sell you another broken one next week, huh? You want to watch? I got broken watches. Mine looks mine looks Brooklyn. Whew. Yeah, 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 Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, no, man, let's dude. go back to talking about the banished. Or, of course, you've always got the, uh, um, what's his name, Watto, you know, you got your classic Watto from, uh, Come here, Annie, uh, yes, uh, you can get down from the table and go back to your mother after you do some dishes. Uh, you supply the boy, I supply the parts, we split the winnings, 50-50. Oh, man, the hype is I real right now. I supply the shield, you supply the credits. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't work. It's basically a potato. Um, but yes, Wado can fly. I gotta ask you something. What's on my mind? I don't. Uh, hopefully, I'm not jumping so. over whatever you might have in mind. But uh, as someone who hasn't played Halo Wars two, I, I would normally in this situation like to avoid spoilers. But dude, for people like me, can you tell me right now where we left off with the banish? Like literally, like what? What's the last time we last see them in Halo Wars two? What are they doing? Okay, so here's the, here's the great thing. Before I answer that question, I'm just going to preface this by saying we've made, we all know that Halo 5 required you to know way too much background material to even start the game. You know, comics and, and other games and books and all that. I can rest assured for everyone out there who, who's not aware of this, you do not need to play, I do, really do not feel like you need to play Halo Wars 2 to have an understanding of what the Banished are. Um, this, this, the story feels very, um, so, it feels like it's very concluded by on its own. And there's not too much there. They they definitely have the chops to just bring the banished in organically, in um, Halo Infinite, and not require Halo Wars two. And I've talked about this before. The best way to do things like this is like, you know, for people who've played Halo Wars two, it's a cool experience when you see the banished in Infinite. It's like, okay, you know, it doesn't require me to have this knowledge of Halo Wars two, but since I do, I feel like I have a more intimate knowledge of of the banished. So that's a good thing. But don't require any of the story details from Halo Wars 2. I, I don't think that'd be good. I don't think they're going to have to. Do you feel like Halo Wars um, 2 will now become a bit more complementary in, in you know, the future for Halo Infinite? I feel like sort of. I feel like Halo Wars 2 is going to, yeah, it's, I think like it's only going to get more praise as time goes on because it's already been praised as it's what brought the Bungie aesthetic back to right. Halo that everyone wanted. They already I mean, get like, that, and now it's getting the banish. Do, like, you know? do you feel like, you know, like a year from now or something after this game's been out, Halo Infinite, I mean, you know, do you feel like the conversation will be less, oh, you guys, oh, you, you know, the Banished? Well, you got to play Halo Wars 2 to understand that. Do you think instead it might shift to, if you enjoyed the Banished, you know, in Halo Infinite, go back to their origin story in Halo Wars 2? Do you feel like it'll kind of shift yeah. to that kind of more? Yeah, I think if we're, I think if we're, unless you're just like super hype fanboy and you're like, oh, you got to play Halo Wars 2, which I get that. Uh, if we're honestly saying you have to play Halo Wars 2, um, to make more sense of Infinite, then then they failed on that. You don't want that at all. Um, no, to answer your question, Josh, basically at the end of Halo Wars 2, um, there is the Banisher trying to stop you, um, and Anders is on a new Halo ring that the Ark is creating, and the ring gets shot through slip space, but it gets pulled out of slip space at the end of Halo Wars 2, and Anders is on the, the ring, and a Guardian shows up. 
So that's the only one real connection to like Halo 5's narrative is that a guardian. You did tell me about control. that at some point. Yeah, a guardian takes control of the ring that Anders is on, but then also there's the uh, Awakening the Nightmare DLC where these two like brute brothers that work underneath Atriox they let some flood out of the like crash high charity that's on the Ark, and they get free, and you have to stop the flood. Um, it's not super essential, but basically. In the grand scheme of Halo Wars 2, you get introduced to the Banished, you fight the Banished, you see what they're capable of, you see Atriox. You don't see too much of Atriox, and he doesn't die or anything. So it's all very much like just a lot of setup that you could easily have them in Infinite without requiring Halo Wars 2 to be played. Okay, well, you know, I guess it's good we're kind of having this discussion because for people who like me who haven't played it, does that does it seem like a good indicator the Flood are going to be in it? Infinite? Um, I feel... I, I think I feel pretty confident saying that the flood returning is in Halo's future. Like I would put my chips on that for sure. I don't know if that means it'll be in Infinite. I could see it being in Infinite. I'm not. I'm not sure it'll well, they'll, this, they'll bring them in Infinite, but I think it's going to happen. Eventually. And for those who have played this years ago when it came out, I'm sorry, I sound so naive. Brian, is this the same Halo ring then? Is it? No, no, no. The, uh, the Halo ring. The Ark was creating a new Halo ring, yeah. and that's the one that Anders was right. on. The, the ring that Chief is on in Halo Infinite is Zeta Halo. That's the one where we oh, talk okay. about these Zeta Halo. Primordium took place. Okay. Yeah, no, it's been it's it's the Halo ring that was supposed to be the biggest, but in the lore, like it got downsized to be it was a way bigger Halo that got downsized to be like the same size as other Halos. Okay. Um but it's a lot of interesting things have happened there, like the uh the um oh crap, what's his name? The precursor Gravemind type guy. What is his name? Oh my gosh. Um uh, can't believe I'm forgetting that. But all of the like the events of the primordium happened there. Um, the timeless one—that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but lots of good lore stuff could happen there. Like I said, there's there's a lot of material there for um, like big lore stuff to come into it. But I just very much feel like Infinite's being designed to be simple, simple. And, and I think it's funny. Like here's a good example. Somebody posted on like I don't know if it was Twitter or etc. or something like that. Somebody posted they were like. It's sad how the the theme song for Kingdom Hearts One is the exact antithesis to what the series became, and the uh, the theme song for for Kingdom Hearts One is simple and clean. Oh yeah. And the the Kingdom Hearts is the least simplest, least cleanest story ever. And I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan now. It's I don't even know if I'm ever going to get to that further into that series now because it's just getting too Dude, convoluted. Dude, I feel like you could do what I did, which was like I played one and then I played two. And I watch some of the side stuff, and like I'm just taking a break for now. I mean, it, it, there's not too much convolution in the first two, but anyways, like I think that's what kind of happened. To know, not near the extent of Kingdom Hearts, but like Halo is not simple and clean anymore. You know, there was there was a way in which Bungie made their games, and I'm not even saying it's a good thing, but it it can be. There's a way Bungie made their games where it just, it didn't really feel like you had to play um, any of their games in any order to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so many people who were introduced to Halo at three, like three was their first game and they played the campaign and loved it because all of the, the core pillars of their design was on the gameplay and the fun moments, the 30 seconds of fun that Jamie Grissomir always said, like um, you didn't. And Josh and I have admitted back in 2007, when we were playing Halo three, there was little nuances of the story that we didn't really even understand what I was happening. I never understood. I never understood yeah. a Halo story as I'm playing through it for the first time. I started with Halo 2 as a 12-year-old. I started with Halo 2, and that story... Little baby you know, not Not playing Halo 1 and having the convolution that is like Arbiter story, Master Chief story, the Covenant, the Great Schism, the Brutes, the, the 400 key ship, Dreadnought. Like, I really didn't... Truthfully, didn't understand, but the way that Bungie made their games, there was enough like... There was enough good, like all the gameplay was fun, and then you had like 
moments that were just badass that made it irrelevant to whether or not you understood the story. It's like, okay, I don't understand what I don't understand what happened in Halo Two, but I know Master Chief said he wanted to give the Covenant back their bomb, and that was dope. I know that Master Chief landed in a pod on Delta Holo, Halo and Delta Holo, Delta Holo, <laughs> and he kicked the door off, and it was badass. I know that I know that um, you know the uh, the Arbiter took out Tartarus, you know, I know that there was this really big creepy creature called the Grave Mine that captured Chief and you know, I know that Chief said boo and scared a grunt. Like these are all just really cool little moments that like between the fun gameplay and the cool and the and the cool moments like you didn't need you didn't yeah, you didn't like bungee just the way bungee designed their games. Like you didn't need to understand the story. You could jump in any of them and just have a great time. And I think that's part of the charm of Halo. Despite many people like myself loving the lore and loving those details, I think part of the charm of Halo was you could jump in and have a fun time. Obviously, Halo 5 was, once again, I'm using that word, it was the antithesis to jumping in and having fun. Not only could you, did you not understand a lot of what was going on and where characters came from in Halo 5, but you couldn't even co-op it with your buddy. You know, you couldn't even co-op it on the yeah, couch. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, split screen. So, you know, Halo Infinite coming back. It's going to be a spiritual reboot. You got the Banished as an enemy. Um, you have, you know, couch co-op. It just looks incredible, the art design. Can't wait, dude. Who knows what more information is going to come out before we could post this episode and not even have our next episode out, and there could be 13 more new things. That'll yeah, be. I'm sure that'll happen. Uh, a couple things, though. You know, What do you think about some of the stuff that was said in that, in the, the, the oh, signal detective oh. video itself, like you know, the bridge and defiance well, and all this yeah. kind of stuff? I really I like how he says, like, no more profits, no more lies. Like, you know... We're done with the bullshit. We're not going to be led by these religious zealots that don't, you know, that are not even as powerful as we are. But we, you know, like the the prophets were weak physically, but they still. I don't know, them. man. That one could take a damn punch in Halo Two. I'd be oh, shit dude, out of Chief, that. Chief straight. That's true. That's true. He looks like straight up one of those, like uh, you know, Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets, like those little things little that come out of the pots. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? The uh, uh, grasp your mandrakes. Yeah, it was a mandrake, and. Uh, yeah, he looks like a freaking mandrake, but he could take way more punches than a brute. I mean, he got punched in the skull like 30 times before he's dead in Halo 2. Yeah. Either uh, I'm weak anyways, or that dude's strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chief was pulling punches just so he could have fun with it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, and then he's running around. He, he punches the, the, the prophet, and he and then the prophet, you know, it teleports away, and all those, like, um, all those uh, uh, elites with swords are rushing to you, and Chief's like, yeah um but yeah and, and then he says no more lies so when i when i hear that i hear you know no more prophets no more lies i hear that gruntled voice it tells me very much like the banished are going to be ruthless they're going to be tough ruthless. And, also, and honestly it kind of gives it kind of makes sense like because so many people are going to be like weren't the covenant way bigger like the humanity beat the covenant and like humanity's stronger now why can't the covenant you know why are the banished a threat if the covenant were defeated? Well, I think they're they're more uh, what sort of looking for? They're more organized. They're more ruthless. And there's another thing that I was about to bring up. Josh was asked what you think is: Do we think we don't know for sure if the banished are going to be the only enemy in uh, in true. Halo Infinite? And in, in true, typical Halo fashion, in typical Halo fashion, you usually don't just have one enemy group. And I, I will say, judging by what I played Halo Wars two, despite how tough and brutal the the uh the banished seem they're not as big as the covenant at their height of powers and and the and the humans are stronger now than they've ever been so what is going to make this situ you know i did i just thought of it actually just occurred to me here's what's probably going to happen i think the events of halo 5 with cortana and the guardians and the created 
it has brought humanity back down to their knees. It's leveled the playing field again. And now, because of that, that's what they're going to do. That's how they're going to use the created story to like make it worth a darn. They're going to say... That leveled everyone out, killed their technology. That's why we see like Chief using like an older version of the assault rifle and whatnot. Like that brought humanity down, killed their advancement, and now the banished do pose enough of a threat that it's like covenant level all over again. And that can make a lot of sense. What do you think about that? I Josh? think this is gonna be the part when people listen to it where they point and say, Brian, one hundred percent. I agree with Brian. <laughs> that was really what yeah, it could dude. Be, I, I mean I think what else? What better could they do with? No, like, that's a great use that wasted potential. And that's a know. really great idea in in terms of even hitting reset symbolically without actually being a you know a full on kind of reset. Yeah. You know what I mean? And canonically, really, really yeah. bringing toning things down in a sense and sort of just having humanity have to sort of scraping claw, uh, claw their way back. And and now uh, for the banished, are, are, do you feel like in, in the scraping claw sense too? Do you feel like you said they're kind of like less in number uh, than they? Covenant yeah. was. Do you feel like they're the type that like they're in a sense more stronger and more more primal too because they'd maybe have to scrape and claw by being fewer? Numbers? Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's pretty much more or less confirmed that uh, you know, like what's, what's one, one, one for someone who hasn't played ahead, this. Doctor. I'm sorry for someone who hasn't played that stuff yet, Brian. Uh, what can what can I maybe safely expect from their demeanor? I mean, I think they feel way less. You know how like the Covenant kind of came off as like honorable. You know, like the the where they wore the hats and everything. I think the the banished very much have a more like you know we don't we're just gonna kill you like we don't like <laughs> we're gonna come there we're gonna come there we're gonna beat your ass we're not gonna wear no stupid hats we're not worried about you know rank of whatever or disappointing the prophets like we're here to do business and throw down like I think I think it's pretty evident that like one one ship full of banished versus one full ship of covenant i would feel like very confident in saying the banished would probably annihilate so it's definitely like you know kind of like you know they're kind of like the spartans of like i'm talking about like old historical spartans they're kind of like the spartans of the covenant you know like the 300 Ooh. spartans that stood against everyone like 300 banished are going to do could probably take out a thousand covenant like they're way more visceral they're way more you know they're not built on you think about this, and somebody mentioned it. I might see at the end here if we can bring him up in our uh, Q and A. But somebody mentioned in the uh, the Twitter questions and answers, they said that um, this is actually a really interesting angle for Halo because our main enemy, the Banished, seem to be um, they're fighting us based on brute force and not the game brute force, um, based on their desire to rule and be in charge alone. Which, if you think about it, that's actually kind of a different concept for, for Halo, because Halo, originally, the reason the Covenant were doing what they were doing is because of their religion, and because they wanted to ascend as gods. They saw the they saw the Forerunners as, like, gods that they wanted to be like. So, it's a really interesting new concept to Halo. The Banished just have their own agenda. It's not about religion. It's not about ascending to godhood. It's about, we're the Banished, we want to rule, we want to take over, get the heck out of bad our life. Bad guys you know? doing bad things. You know, every yeah, time like that's kind of new for every Halo. Every time I take that to the MCU too. films and we're watching, like, we get to points, like, there's scenes where you see, like, Red School, you just kind of, like, scheming and stuff. Every yeah. time I'm always just, like, saying aloud, bad guys doing bad things. You know, like, that's pretty much what it is. I love the simplicity of that idea. Like, I love how tonally that can bring things down and kind of build things back up in its own way while still can continuing and connecting from threads. That aren't just from Halo still, Five. Wow, is that cool? Does that have me? Yeah, there's still the and there's still the the reward for knowing the background. Like you know, with this being a soft reboot, things like the domain and the mantle of responsibility, the forerunners, 
those things are all still just as, you know, they're just as important. It's just they're not going to be highlighted in such a way that people feel left out for only playing the game. Yeah. Well, I mentioned the brazen defiance. What do you think that means? Like, do you, is there anything you can? Brazen defiance. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know. Does that have refer- anything to do with, like, Cortana stuff? I don't know. I feel like, like, like you've, you've said it before. You've said it before in the, on prior podcasts. I feel like they're really going to downplay and try to shove that stuff out of the way right away. Like, nobody, you know, we like to be positive and optimistic here, but, like, it's this is not the time to, to rehash events of five like you don't want to use any time in infinite well wasn't there in the you know i, I know i hey i'd love to be right about that but i'm just going to be wrong more than i'm right so what about the ending of halo 5 and it had the halo ring and you have cortana humming and stuff like that well that's what i'm saying so like at the end of halo 5 you know cortana has you know turned kind of turned evil and assembled with a bunch of ais and taken over halo rings so that's kind of what i was saying earlier like maybe because they've already said there's a little jump in time here. So maybe this is a little jump in time. You know, this the pilot says in the trailer, Chief, we lost. And Chief was like unconscious floating in space. Like, so huh? She's like, shit, play, I thought we were winning. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and uh, so like maybe it's been a little, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. And, uh, basically between the the events of the created, the events of Cortana, the events of the Guardians have led, have led humanity to not being at the head of the galaxy anymore. Maybe lots of, like, like maybe the created are still around in some sense, so they can't trust their new technology because AIs can manipulate it. You know, maybe they're using old technology. Maybe bases and worlds have been taken out so that humanity is very much brought back to where they were in the first game. You know, they're very much on the run, they're losing, and that's a point where the Banished can step in. But this is what leads me to think that, like, even though I would love to fight just the Banished the whole game, I feel like there probably has to be at least one other um, faction or enemy to fight, even if it's only for a level or two, you know? Um, Can we think, is there a single, I don't think there's a single Halo... I guess Halo ODST, you fight only the same thing the whole game, but they do introduce the Huragok, the floating engineers. That's something. But like even like Reach, you know, you got the Brutes and the Elites, but usually there's multiple enemies. So, Josh, in your opinion, if there was going to be another enemy to pop up in uh, Halo Infinite, what do you think it would be? And also, let me say, I do not want the, I do not like the Prometheans. Please, please, please I was gonna, keep them answer. out of the game. That's my answer. You think I they, think oh man. I think, I don't want to see Cortana's them, stuff is not going to be sort of swept under the rug, kind of. I feel like that's going to be a big factor into that story, you know. I feel like it's a safe assumption. I feel, but hey, you know what? They might, unless they can redesign them and prove their worth, I feel like it's not a smart decision to put them in that game, period. I get that, but there's the other part of me that says we have to give them a chance. Third time's a charm. And you know what? I mean, we're open minded. The writing was on the wall literally for Halo 5 that they said, make the Prometheans fun to fight. And some people think they were better. Some people think they were less so. Brian and I are different on that. But maybe with Halo Infinite, this will be a chance where they really hit that. And, and we'll really get to yeah. see the fruits of their labor, 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 labor from the past two games really. Uh, Really pop off with this one with that, making those fun to fight too. On top of that, I just feel like there's gonna maybe there's just gonna be some some uh, blah, 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 some kind of power vacuum, you know, on that Halo ring. Don't know why. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, it'll think... have something to do with that, the banished and 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 why we're there, and then also or how we get there because of something to do with Cortana and the banisher there too, and the banisher like, what are you doing here? We don't like competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be something like that. What do you think? 
I mean, there's there's also, I mean, the flood is very much a possibility because we know that all Halo rings have a flood specimen on it. Oh, so, like, yeah. they're at a, so they could, I feel like, there could easily, I feel like I'm, they could even, flies, like, rubbing their, their hands together, scheming. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think you'll like this, Josh, because it's very much too spiritual. Well, Brian, let me tell you right you. now, I hate it. No, okay, I'm just, good, I'm just thank kidding. you for that. <laughs> go ahead, um, go ahead. But there very much could be a point, like, halfway through the game or so, where you're fighting the banished, and then they release the flood, and it's very much like the first oh. game. I know that by, by people might make people roll their eyes a little bit that it's so on the nose, but you know, one way they can make that more special is like there's nothing stopping them from making the flood different. Like when I say the flood different, I mean they can make all the flood enemy types completely different. There's not like it, it makes sense you know, in lore. Like you don't have I'm to so have the. Glad you said this, Brian, you because know. I feel like if that happens. I'm going to be, I'm so hyped right now that I feel like I would be so excited for that moment. I'd recognize it and know what it is, Blood. and I would yeah. be very entranced and, and nostalgic and smiling. However, I feel like later on that would be the kind of thing, after the game's had time to settle in people's minds and it, it's been out for a while, that's where those people who have jumped off the hype bandwagon will now start to come around and say, yeah... This is a carbon copy of blah, blah, blah. Like Force Awakens, I still do yeah. this. I have never said this, but I, I remember uh, smarter minds were able to uh, recognize instantly that it was a lot similar. It was very much Agreed. similar to A New Hope. I didn't process that as I was watching it. Same I here. was just sucked yeah. into the story. And it wasn't until about a couple weeks afterward where I started to notice that the public opinion was shifting from this movie's awesome to, yeah, but it's a lot like A New Hope to, yeah, I don't like it now. They didn't do anything original. And whatever, regardless of your opinion on that, I mean, if that happens, I feel like I could personally be excited for it, but I feel like, yeah, it would shift down the line. So we'll see, but that's, that's kind of irrelevant. That's you a, know what I mean? That's a, that's a really, that's, it's a really hard place for 343 to be in because, you know, we always use Star Wars as an equivalent, and you think it'd just be because Josh is the biggest Star Wars fan ever, but oh, it's actually so. also because... Not true, but thank you. Because it just, because it just works. Um, we've talked about in the past how... You know, the Star Wars community before Force Awakens came out was very jaded, very hateful. Um, the loud, the loudest opinion, whether it was the majority or not, the loudest opinion was the prequels are garbage, we hate them. And Disney f took that to heart, and The Force Awakens was clearly designed to be everything that the prequels weren't. And it, and at the time of The Force Awakens coming out, it totally won everyone over. It brought the Star Wars fan base back together in a big way, and... We, we talked about how later that caused issues because many of it people saw it as a, just a retelling of A New Hope. And then that also led The Last Jedi to being kind of polar opposite in what people expected. You know, a lot of problems were caused down the way. But I would wager that despite it not working out for Star Wars and saying that it doesn't work out is probably a little disingenuous because when we say it's not working out, we're talking about Star Wars lore fans that are really the pissed ones. We're talking. We're about, not talking about as far as financially bring, and in terms of yes, the as far as financially and cultural relevance. I mean, I think it was pretty. Time will show but, that as much as we seem is the people who don't like that stuff. Time is going to show that those people are more in the minority, especially as those movies yeah. are out longer. The kids who got to see these grow older. Same stuff can be said for a lot of these Halo games. We're starting to see people come out of the woodworks for Halo Four and Five. So anyway, back over to you, man. So I, I would actually, yeah, I would actually wager that. Um, it still was a smart move. In retrospect, it was still a smart move for Disney to lean into what the fans wanted with Force Awakens and do something safe. I think that's what Halo Infinite's trying to do. And despite some of the sequel trilogy's failures for, for Star Wars, I think it's a good idea for Halo to, to do this. You know, the, the big question will be here once they, if they manage to land this plane that is Halo Infinite, where do they go from there? they got to be really safe because, you know, as we've seen with other properties like Star Wars, 
if you win everyone back, you can lose them just as quickly. Yeah. So if people complain, you know, Halo Infinite was more or less a lot like Halo 1, do they go and make a, a Last Jedi type of Halo sequel that's going to divide everyone because it's different, you know? Or do they continue to put out stuff that's very simplistic or very uh, memorable? I, I'm in the opinion that they should probably just play it safe for a long time now. I mean, Halo really has been on a downhill slope since Reach. And I know it's, I don't want to get ahead of myself by talking about what comes out after Infinite, but like if they manage to land Infinite, they kind of just need to, to play into that. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us here on Twitter and, and listen to these podcasts, we're we're these minority hardcore fans, and uh, we're we're not what speaks the the most. You know, the the people have spoken, and like Halo Three was the last time people were truly all about the package. Yeah. So. No, I agree, and you know, one of I. I, I just trying to look up the guy's name, and I can't remember it right now to give him credit. But it's not me who uh, came up with this idea to ask you. But do you feel like uh, this is going to be Xbox's biggest game ever? I mean, is that like biggest it's worthy of that ever. mantle in terms of, of what this could mean, not not just for Halo going forward, but for Xbox going forward? You know, the fact like this, like the need for this to succeed. Do you feel like it's of paramount importance? Yes, I feel like. Well, there's so much I can say there, Josh. On one hand, I want to say, Ryan, just do it. Mike. Dave, okay, I'll start. Bullet point number one. <laughs> no, um, like back when Halo Five came out, you remember me telling you they just need to take a break from Halo. I need a break from Halo. I you know, I, just, I and I, I meant that. It oh, wasn't nice. like a, it wasn't like a reaction to to stir controversy. It was just the truth. I was just like, no, I just I just need a break. And I think largely from everything I've seen on, you know, Halo community, you know, Twitter, et cetera, it seemed like everyone was really in that boat. It was like, you know, I just need a little break from Halo. And I think there wasn't much hype to see what came next. But it's very clear to me now, and I'm actually really impressed and kind of surprised that in 2020, people are ready for a Halo game. I'm not, And I'm not even talking about just us hardcore Halo people. I'm seeing people in general saying whoa, another Halo? Like, I remember when I used to play that, because for them, some people didn't even play 5 or 4, so for them, it's like a chi- it's like a high school or child memory, and they're like, I'm ready for Halo to come back, and people, like, you can really see this hype building, so I think they were very, very smart for taking five years to make this game and not showing off anything, because there's real sincere hype they're building. As far as your question is how much it matters, how big is it, I think it's absolutely instrumental or paramount, as you would say, to Halo's success. Um, it's hard for me to say what it means for the Series X because everything about Xbox's marketing has signified to me that they don't want um, their success to be reliant on on their first-party IP because you know uh, Halo Infinite's going to be out on the Xbox One as well. It's going to be on PC. Um, you don't have to upgrade to a new console to play it. Well, I, I don't mean uh, much, Game Pass I, I don't free. Mean so much as that, Brian. Which I I get why you're saying that, but I, I mean more so in terms of the broad uh, outlook for Xbox. Like, like going forward, like do you feel like it's important in the sense that they really want to get this show off running with a bang? You know what I mean? Really kind of kick you talk about the show in general, yeah. like the July. No, no, no. I mean just in terms just of like Halo. Series X coming out. Do you feel like they really want Xbox as a brand? to kick things off with Halo Infinite. Do you feel like that's a big deal? For yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think... I don't know how, if, like, MCC kind of, like, was 
that you could tell the it kind of, was the kickoff to the Xbox One, even big. though it stumbled. Right. A lot. Yeah. Like that's kind of, no, that's definitely what Infinite yeah. is. That's definitely that's definitely why, despite all of the pandemic and everything, they're saying we very much heard they're saying this game has to be done. It's coming out this fall. It's got to be out there. You know, it's it's been since the original Halo that a console's launched with Halo. It's going to be a killer IP. And despite it being on PC and Xbox, you know, let's be honest about ourselves as a gamer. We we like as gamers, we like the new shiny. We like the new shiny. We're gonna want the Series X. We're not people don't want to play Infinite on the lower resolution, on the lower frames without the feed. No, they want isn't the big. It's so best. cool that they're making that possible. I really hope it will yeah, be a like confirmation it. of, you know, I guess cross gen compatibility in terms of multiplayer and stuff like that and co op. If not, I feel like that's not gonna be too big of a deal because hey, at least you're making this split screen again but also accessible on two gens but man that would be really cool too because for the people who can't afford to upgrade for a long time they can still get that experience and, and a lot of those people too probably won't care about having the higher graphics or playing the best yeah, exactly. they just want to have the experience and then right well out. i mean that's what i'm saying if you look at and I, i'm kind of gonna i'm kind of gonna entwine this with our, our further topic and then but still keep it back into the the banish talk but uh, Microsoft strategy has just changed entirely. Like, if you look at their hardware, they're going to say, here's what you can buy. You can buy an Xbox Series S. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Xbox One S, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X. There's probably going to be an Xbox Series S that's like the Scarlet that's been rumored. That's probably going to be uh-huh. a thing. And and the PC. And they're going to say, you know what? Our games are available on all. You can play them, whatever platform you're on. Oh, by the way, here's Game Pass. It's fifteen dollars a month. You get our new our new uh, first party titles for free. You get a huge catalog. Pay the monthly fee. Not to mention, they're gonna do a thing where you can buy the Series X on a monthly pay, uh, monthly plan, to where you pay like I don't know what it is, like forty bucks a month, and you get the Game Pass and you pay for your console. Yeah. Like they're, in some ways I love it, in some ways I don't, because I'm the kind of gamer that very much likes Sony's approach more. It's here's your typical console. And here's your first party single player games that are straight fire. Have fun. Like that's that's me. Like I like the basic single player experience. No no other stuff. And Sony, I mean, I think they've been they've been winning that for a long time now. And I think Microsoft just says, you know what? We don't want to fight that game anymore. We're gonna go do our own thing. It's kinda of like what Nintendo did. They said we're gonna back out of this power race and we're gonna do interesting stuff. We're gonna do the Wii, which, you know, which blew up and the Wii U didn't, but the Switch blew up. They're doing their own thing. I think Microsoft's kind of doing that now. They're kind of doing their own thing. They're not so much saying we're fighting PlayStation. They're saying we're we're gonna be the the Netflix of gaming. We're gonna offer the best services and we're gonna make everything accessible. You know, if you buy a game on one platform, it's on the other. You know, they're really kind of putting Sony in a in a in a hard spot here because Sony can stick to its guns and do what it does do what it does best with just like a good console and first party games. But if it gets to the point where like the large gaming conscious starts to move towards, I don't want to pay $60 for a game. I want to buy it on one console and have it on my next. Then people are going to gravitate towards Xbox and Sony's going to be behind on that. Yeah, I think, I I feel like Microsoft uh, is not going to as cutthroat as this is going to sound, but uh, not as cutthroat, I miss what I meant to say, as this is going to sound, but I feel like their, their approach is less, I'm sick of fighting this battle, let's win this war. And I could be wrong on that, but I feel like yeah. the fruits of their labor with things like uh, a lot of the accessibility options and things like Game Pass and such falling into that category are fruits uh, that we're going to see, you know, kind of bear themselves more uh, this gen moving forward. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to see that. Like I can, I can say objectively in one sense, I totally respect Sony's ap- approach of 
you know, we only want to, we want the PS5 to, to feel special in the sense that we are going to put out games on this that you can only experience on this. So we want to make your money feel worth it. But then to play devil's advocate, there's the other part of me that says, well, I love the idea of being able to play. If I, if I get a series X day one, I love the accessibility of possibly being able to play with my friends who maybe you don't need any other console. Look, we, we, we haven't even really discussed this on the show before, but what about the people who this gen out the gate bought an Xbox one? wasn't happy with how xbox one went and they at some point or another they bought a ps4 and they played those games fell in love with them and thought i'm so i'm getting ps5 instead of xbox series x i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with ps5 moving forward in this gen but hey you know it i still want to you know i still wish i could play halo with you well now you you know you're gonna have that option maybe not cross you know gen compatibility we don't know yet but you can still that person will still be able to have that experience on their xbox one because of xbox doing that so you can get your ps5 you can still play halo uh infinite which is unique unto itself and i i think again like i said we're gonna see the fruits of that labor that we've sort of been building up with in this generation we're gonna see that manifest itself and, and how that sort of impacts things well, this coming gen. And I think a much simpler answer to your to your question, which I should have led with, is Halo Infinite's going to be, in one sense, the biggest Halo ever. And people are going, whoa, 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 Brian. <laughs> Were you there for Halo 3? Here's what I mean by that, guys. This is what I mean Pump by that. Pump the brake, Speed Racer. Everyone is going to be able to play Halo Infinite because it's going to be on Game Pass. PC, Series X, Xbox One original, the fat one, the fat original Xbox that, that hasn't been upgraded, if you have any of those things, and most people have a PC, I mean, if you're a gamer, you've probably got, unless you're just a straight PlayStation gamer, which is completely fine, chances are you probably have something in your house that's going to that's gonna play Halo Infinite, and it, you're going to be able to play it for free, because you're either going to already have Game Pass, or if you've never had Game Pass, you're probably going to get a free trial, and Halo Infinite's going to be downloadable for free. And I know plenty of people out there who are like, yeah, I'm not really a Halo guy. I've always been a Call of Duty person. But if you can, if they can download it for free, they'll download yeah. it. And they'll play it all play day. It game it's going to be huge. Gonna, I mean, it, it's shown the success of it so far has gone on to show that there's so many of these games people would not have otherwise discovered were it not for the accessibility of Game Pass. That's brought so many people yeah. forward. And if you have something like Halo Infinite, you have to remember there's going to be those people out there who are going to catch fire with this game simply through sheer word of mouth and FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out and wanting to just dive in. Maybe they only play two levels, you know, but they will have at least played it. And for Microsoft, that's still pulling people in and getting people to look at it. That's the and There's going to be so many people, despite the marketing, there's going to be so many people like a week after Halo Infinite comes out, me and Josh, you know, we'll be at work and we'll be like, we'll talk to one of our coworkers. We'll be like, hey, dude, you should try Infinite. And you're like, yeah, I've never been really a big Halo guy. I just, you know, I don't want to spend the money right now. And then Josh goes, oh, well, you can play it for free with Game Pass. And they'll go, Wait, what? You play for free. it just came out. You can play for free, and Josh's like, yeah. If you have Game Pass, you can download and play it for free. As long as you have Game Pass, you can just play it. You don't have to buy it. <laughs> My friend will be well, like, "What are you working for, Microsoft?" Yeah, are you some kind of wizard or something? <laughs> uh, and be like, "You're a wizard, they're, they're, Harry." You know, they're gonna go home after work. They're gonna download the game. They're gonna go, "Hey, shit, I'll play it." You know, it's not gonna cost me any money. And then they'll play it. And then if it's good and they like it, you know, that's another person that's it's in the, there. We don't right. we don't even know. Out- even outside of oh, Halo, ahead, Josh, that's gonna. Ahead. I'm sorry. Even outside of Halo, if they can bring people in with Halo Infinite, that's gonna get people to take a bigger peek behind the curtain at what is Game Pass overall, which means getting your players to stay consistently on your console, getting more people to play, getting people to play more and longer, you know, than going over elsewhere or maybe playing on PC and all that kind of stuff too. Which I mean, they have Game Pass for people. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Josh. Here's some. Here's some. There's some bullshit that people are not gonna tolerate if this happens. If people buy 
um, Last of Us 2 or... Now, Cyberpunk's already confirmed that if you buy it on this current gen, it gets to play on the next gen. Mm -hmm. But if people buy some games like Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima or whatever, and then they decide, they get around, they finally have the money, maybe six months after PS5's launch, they're going to buy a PS5. And they trade their PS4 and whatnot, and they get a PS5, and they find out that they got to pay $60 for Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima all over again on the PS5 when all their Xbox buddies just get to carry their library over and upgrade for free. If that happens, I really feel like, and I'm not, I'm not rooting for the downfall of anyone. Like I'd be just as happy with Sony winning the next gen again. I love both console manufacturers. I love both. I love their IPs, but I'm telling you if Sony doesn't get with it and make sure that everyone can play their games going forward, like, you know, like I said, like last of us two PS five version, it's free. If you bought the PS four, if they don't do that, dude, it's going to be the same reason that people migrated to PS4. When the Xbox One was launched, I had so many friends who said, you know what, it's $100 cheaper for a PS4. I don't have to have the Connect. I mean, this is even after the DRM stuff was gone. Like, I don't have to have a Connect. It's $100 cheaper. My friends are over there. I'm buying a PS4. Same thing's going to happen here. People like PlayStation, they're going to say, you know what, I got about 15 games here that you're telling me I got to pay all over for again on PS5. I'm going to Series X because it's just, you know, it's just I don't want to buy my games over and over again. So... I think Microsoft's in a really good place, and I think almost everything they've done has been great, except one thing, Josh, and, and I guess we're, we're going we're gonna to dive, you know what, guys, we'll dive back into the banished after this, but we're going to go right into this talk. I think Microsoft's first real mistake, and I'm not going to count their little game reveal they had back in May as a mistake. That was just kind of underwhelming. The first real mistake they've had, closing Mixer, man. What do you, before I get into it, man, what do you think about them closing Mixer? I don't think that's a mistake, personally. I think really okay. Okay, we got different opinions here. So share share what you mean. Really respect that, that you feel. Okay, yeah. Though. Like I don't, I don't have any uh, stake in. It. No, I want to hear your side so we can present both. Yeah, sides. no, I just I think it really goes to indicate Microsoft's plans moving forward. Like you, they kind of had all these different branches. If they're a tree, right? And yeah, you know, there's there's so many different things going on. So the, the you know, like Bilbo said, he felt like uh, what is it? Butter. He felt kind of it's been spread like, over too much. Yeah, bread. butter spread over too yeah. much bread. And I, I feel like Microsoft is really wanting to sort of. Um, tidy up, you know, and, and minimalize and, and really kind of go for their quality over quantity because they kind of... Okay, that's a very good outlook. They had their, this generation to sort of look at what worked and obviously what didn't. So how can we take those things that worked and put them forward in a way that's going to complement these new ideas that have birthed since then? That's that's pretty much how I, I look at it because I don't think it does, Mixer, yeah. I think people love it. I think people liked it. I mean, I love that. Um, I think it only had a one or two second delay compared to Mixer's like, or I'm sorry, Twitch's like twenty second delay. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that. Well, there's way less users, right? And, but at the same time, it's just it's one of those things that I feel like it's just too late in the game. It's just like YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be okay. another YouTube. You know what I mean? Here's the crazy thing, Josh. I agree with everything you've said. I have no, but I'll, I'll let you finish if you're, are you not, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, I've interrupted you like twice. You're good, man. Uh, but uh, no, I just, I just feel like, you know, like I said, there's not another YouTube. I mean, there's other stuff like that, but there's nothing that reaches that level. You can, you can go, YouTube is like the Michael Jordan of video, you know, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, media websites, I guess, if you will. Yeah, you, know, like, you, you can't really, you can, you can it. go to somebody who doesn't get on the internet and you can mention YouTube and they'll know what you're talking about. It's that kind of thing. And I just think, you know, something like for most gamers and even maybe some people who aren't, a lot of people are pretty much going to know what Twitch is in today's times, but not as many people are going to know about Mixer. And they've had enough time to to try to sort of get this out there and get it going. And it just kind of like, 
I think in some way, I wouldn't say Mixer necessarily peaked, but in a sense, I say it kind of, if it did, it peaked too early, and we didn't really get to see it really progress and get bigger and build up. It, it's always just kind of been there, has it not? Yeah, it's always just kind of been there. I mean, so here's the crazy thing, and maybe I should have been more specific. I agree with everything you said, Josh. I absolutely have no disagreements with any of that. I think how I should have worded it was um, Mixer was a mistake uh, to the fans. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not, but to, to Microsoft as a company, I think it was a brilliant choice because, uh, yeah, in that sense, I think I it was you, a cool idea yeah. to try it. I mean, definitely try that stuff rather than just assume it's not going to well, work and, and don't try it. Here's the thing. Like Josh said, Mixer, Mixer came way too late to the party. Twitch is huge. Twitch is, people go to Twitch. They want to go to Twitch, Twitch is cool. Like you, you create this environment where it's cool to go to Twitch. It's not cool to go to Mixer. I'm not saying that's objective truth. I'm just saying that's how it is. That's how it is in the gaming community. Mixer is just not as cool. And Mixer doesn't have near the traction. And if you look at um, where Mixer was like a year ago, I think Mixer's growth was at like 32% or something. And this year, a year later, after acquiring Ninja and Shroud for millions of dollars, their growth was at 32.02%, meaning their growth was 002 which is, at, in, in, in company speak, that's basically they've went backwards, especially when they've spent all this money acquiring talent that did nothing. So as a company, I think you're right. Cut the bullshit. Get rid of Mixer. Just, just wash your hands of that. And in my opinion, I don't know the logistics, but my guess is the way they're partnering with Facebook Gaming enables them to get a good cash refund, uh, get a good make a good amount of their losses back on Mixer by doing this Facebook Gaming thing. Because normally, because if you think about it, for PR speak, for like or for like, for gamers... Do you want to come out and be like, not only are we closing Mixer, we're partnering with Facebook Gaming. It's not a good look, and they know that, but I'm guessing it, it helped them like bury the hatchet that yeah, was I mean, they did, the financial burden of Mixer. They did confirm that Facebook Gaming is not going to be something you're going to be yes. seeing on your dashboard, yes. so, which is so a to, big deal for a lot of people, and, and I get that yeah. too because I kind of miss I miss the simplicity. I mean, you look at it now, and it's like I was just looking at this uh, on my Xbox a few hours ago, and I looked, and I, you know, you scroll down and everything, and it's sort of like you know, tiered now, it's kind of vertical, and like you go down and you see Mixer, and it's like, well, that's not going to be there anymore. But then you look at something like the community tab. The community feature was such a big deal when Xbox One launched, and now it's like yeah. you only see a couple things. You actually have to mm-hmm. click on the word community itself to go in and see everything. So, like, so much was going on that they sort of had to collapse everything, right? And I feel like this is going to give an opportunity to really take the things that do work, the things that they want to keep moving forward, and just kind of like get a, a little bit of more uh, polish and shine because they, they already yeah, said too that the I dashboard think. is going to look relatively the same with some um, yeah. additional tweaks so yeah i think you're completely right josh i think they're washing their hands of it and i think it is best to focus on what they do well because because look at it this way mixer it's always been a lukewarm to negative uh reception what about game pass nothing but nothing but absolute praise for game pass right. things like game pass they need to keep building on they need to keep integrating that's a good service. They're doing it better than anyone in the industry. Mixer, it just felt like a Twitch light. Like, you know, uh, it's not not something that people cared about. Um, so I think that's very, very much a good decision. The problem is there's some people who made their... their uh, names on there? They made their names there sure. as Mixer as a platform. I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few that made their living there. And to just shut it without any warning, even to the employees that worked at Mixer, they didn't know that this was coming. To just shut it without warning... It it, uh, it can make it could definitely make your your fans feel like they can't trust in your product because you don't believe in it. How how can they believe in your product? Believe in Mixer when you don't believe in it. So I think it's a negative look for them. But ultimately, Josh, to sum up my opinion, I think I more go with what you're saying because I think the negativity and the disappointment they're experiencing now 
is going to be it's a good it's a good trip up to take like it's a good um this will be glossed over in no time six months from now yeah gonna be talking like this about Mixer. generation it's worth it, it. it this whole generation looking back on xbox one was going to very much be finding xbox finding its feet again that's going to be its story yeah for xbox one right they want to move forward from here right and so this so much has happened in this generation i, I mean and you can say that for every generation but i feel like there's a lot of distinct stuff that happened a lot of balls in the air that Microsoft sort of tossed up to see what they could catch and what they couldn't. And I think Mixer is, we could be wrong, you know, going forward, but I feel like Mixer is pretty much the last we're seeing of the, of the balls that they couldn't catch that just didn't work out. And they're kind of looking at it and they're like, you know what, we're about to settle into this. We're about to move into July here soon. What's not working that we don't, let's get a fresh slate. Yeah. Because you know what too, it's always possible if that's something, let's just say hypothetically, maybe a week after, the you know their event maybe they decide that's when they're going to cancel they're going to have the announcement to to get rid of mixer yeah. but then that means that the week prior when you have the event there's going to be people saying well what does this mean for mixer what are, what can we expect from mixer on series x and they just maybe want to do away get those discussions out get them out of the way yeah. now so that's not even something that's going to be brought up yeah it, it seems like it was a it was a trouble platform in the beginning if you remember it launched as beam it was called beam originally mm-hmm. it was you remember and that. It became, and they they changed the name to mixer very quickly it struggled for a while. Then they started acquiring talent. And <laughs> let's talk about the elephant in the room here. That is uh, Ninja and Shroud made the easiest money of all time. Easiest money of all time. They got they got millions of dollars to go to Mixer, and now Mixer's done. So it's basically like, hey, guys, do you want uh, three, four years pay for three, four months of work? Yeah. And then you're off the hook, and you can go back to Twitch. So it was just good for them. But I, I think what... It sounds like if I had to wager, I think I think they're going to push on the Series X. If anything, they're going to highlight Twitch. I think yeah. I think Twitch is going to be, and that's what it should be because you know that's where e-sports. gamers want to go. That's e-sports the thing, is going know? to be a big deal. Obviously, yeah. I mean it, it, it's so it was with Halo Five. It was even with MCC. And you don't want to regulate Halo to Mixer because that's going to help it die even more. Right. You well, want before I forget, grow, you put it on a platform yeah. where it's going to be able to do it best. Before I forget, I was gonna say that was one of the things that was huge about them acquiring Ninja. Is Ninja kind of started his fame with Halo, and I thought, I thought, I think other people in the community thought this as well that when Halo Infinite came out, they were gonna very much use Ninja to promote that with Mixer and, and help gain traction. But since that's not a thing anymore, I don't know. If I had to guess, because he's a fan, I, I bet Ninja will still play uh, Halo Infinite. It'll probably be through Twitch, but um, it's just very interesting to see this whole thing because. I haven't. I feel like I haven't seen this in a long time or ever, where a company just goes, "Yeah, we're done with Mixer," and then everyone in the community collectively said, "Come to my Twitch channel," and Microsoft's basically like, "Yeah, you might want to do well, that." Like you know, like they're like yeah. they're okay with it. Like yeah. go to Twitch. We're we're done. Yeah, I think you know? they're just saying like we understand what's better here, and I, I think that's really uh, good in a way too. I love Phil Spencer so much because yeah. I mean, hey, maybe that's not the narrative here uh, inside the company, but uh, I like to feel like they're humble enough to recognize when someone's done better or or and highlight that or or try to be friendly despite the competition like i really love the friendly sense of competition i get from microsoft and i think sony's gotten better with with coming across like that too in the past year but like if that's the case i mean that, that's a really nice way of basically saying like hey we try to compete with these guys we we couldn't uh twitch is better go go to twitch guys and we're we're, we're gonna try to i mean yeah, i appreciate the frank the, the, the frankness of that like it's just it's just true when you read you know? between the lines it seems like that's that's the indication of what's it's better than them going hey we know mixer was the best platform there ever was but we've decided that we better move our 
you know, money into something well, different. No, they said basically. Yeah, there, there's a discussion there to be had too about what that could mean. Like I said, for their esports moving forward, because if you were wanting this game to really be a big deal, not just with the campaign, but more importantly to this, the multiplayer, you're going to want to maybe have a, a concise singular platform to really have this stuff go on. You, you don't want to spread yourself thin, like I already said, between Mixer and Twitch. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to pump that up in terms of promotion not yeah. between two things because they know they know. I mean, it's Microsoft. What do you got to promote? You got to promote Mixer, right? You can't. You're, you're not going to choose that over your, your own creation. Yeah. You're not going to choose Twitch over your own creation. So, in in sort of dropping that, or I'm sorry, if they hadn't dropped that, then you would have had people streaming Halo on Twitch, but they couldn't really promote. Then you would have had people streaming on Mixer, which yeah, it's just not good. And now you have this one platform that's the the YouTube of streaming, pretty much. You know, even though YouTube's yeah. trying to do that, but. Uh, it's it's a really nice way of I think them doubling down on, hey, you know, I, like I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, well, sure. I was just gonna say I don't think I think some people. I mean, you and I I think understand it, but I don't I don't think some people understand the gravity of Game Pass and how huge Game Pass is. There is the there's nothing like it on the market competing right now. There's PlayStation Now, which is streaming the game over a server it's not the same it's not as much value this isn't i'm not i'm really not being biased towards xbox guys like it is not the same value proposition and it does not work as well you down the whole on game pass you download the whole game onto your hard drive you play it easily it's a cheap price you get all the first party ip brand new the day it comes out for free to play um game pass is incredible and let me give you uh, an example of how huge game pass could be you look at Disney right now. Disney's got freaking Avengers, Star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean, Disney Parks. I mean, unlimited things. Netflix Netflix is I, I can't they're either about to pass Disney or already have in worth. Netflix is. Netflix just has streaming. Like they don't have Netflix doesn't have an amusement park. Netflix doesn't have movies that go to theater, like, but they're almost as big as Disney because everybody and their mother has Netflix. Uh, actually, your mother probably doesn't because she's borrowing yours. But still, you know, yeah. like Netflix so is very if, much if, that if, Michael Jordan of streaming too. You know, yeah, Every, like if everyone it, knows what Netflix if, is, and you can't, and like you can't just easily take it down. Like, look at Disney Plus. Like, I think a lot of us thought Disney Plus was really going to give it a run for its money. So far, Disney Plus is good, but it by no means is taking down Netflix. YouTube, it ain't going. I feel like they knew that though. Uh, you know, I feel like Disney Plus kind of knew that. You know, like we know we're not we're going to kick things off with a, as best a bang as we can, but we got so much content in the. I'm sure they were. Sm- they I'm sure they were smart. Crashing this out, because yeah. they, they they got they got the time to do that. They don't have to be successful right away. But if Microsoft is able to position everything so that Game Pass is truly untouchable for games as a service streaming or like as a game as a service like YouTube or like Twitch, if they're able to position themselves, dude, like it's not gonna matter if they sell the most consoles. They're not gonna give like that's the thing. They're not going to give a rat's ass if Sony sells four or five times as many consoles because guess what? If Sony sells 100 million PS5s and Xbox sells 20 million, but literally, you know, half a billion people are subscribed to Game Pass, who gives a shit about the consoles? Right. They don't. Yeah. What I'm about to say, I feel like we're going to have to refuse ourselves on because it's going to go in a bit of a different territory. But actually, you're going to like this. I had this discussion at work the other night with some of the guys and was picking their brains and you know, something we don't take into context with a lot of this stuff is the kids, you know, who play these games. And the parents who come Christmas time, holiday season and all that, they're looking to buy this thing. And they're looking to understand if you're going to the store as a parent and you don't play video games, 
and you're asking that GameStop clerk, what's a Series X? Why is this better than the One X? What does this have over this? What does this have over that? You know, you're trying to make an informed purchase. Well, there's so much accessibility that that's going to influence a lot of things. And I think a lot of people who aren't in the market uh, necessarily for just the exclusives. Like I, I feel like in a lot of ways, and this isn't a diss on Sony because I love Sony. I have a PS4. I will buy a PS5 if, if not at launch at some point. But I feel like with with PS4, it's very much sort of the adult console. Not in terms of like it's got immature, you know, stuff that you know younger ages aren't supposed to see. But in terms of just what their approach is. Whereas I feel like Xbox is like, hey, the whole family can play, you know. Yeah. And um, in that regard. And in and in, in with Halo too, more importantly, what I was talking about at work was, you know, we saw this generation start out uh, late 360 generation. It was moving from physical games, which is still very much a thing, to you started to see physical downloads become a thing. And then I can remember specifically being with you at video games, etc., a mom and pop shop uh, locally for us guys. If you haven't ever heard of that, uh, for the midnight release of Master Chief Collection, and I remember being in line with you. And getting texts from Justin talking about how he's playing it at 11 p.m. while we're in line. And I remember thinking, that kind of sucks that, like, I want this physically, but I'm going to have to go home. I'm going to have to install Master Chief Collection, which we already know has a day one update, and then play it. Like, I'm going to have to wait a while. Whereas someone who bought it digitally, pre-downloaded it, it got it pre-installed, can play it already. So, like... That's that shifted the medium going forward in the industry, and then also something like Game Pass because you have PlayStation Now, which is more, we'll let you stream games, whereas you have Game Pass, which says, we'll let you download Halo Infinite like you own it. We'll give you the illusion that you own it, but we're going to be completely clear that yeah. you don't. But this is just something you well, can do. On this topic of what you're talking about, Josh, one thing I don't think you've you've quite said, but it's very much along with what you're saying. Say it, um, say it, baby. Is like we don't. Like, Josh and I can be, despite us being relatively positive, we can be old and jaded because we are, for like, the gaming industry is is a, such a new industry and, and people come into it so young uh, that, in a way, in a sense, we are old because kids nowadays, like, and I, I, I used to teach um, Sunday school at church and all the kids talked about Fortnite. These kids didn't care that they didn't get to own the game, that they just downloaded it for free. They cared about their, their, their level, their rank, their cosmetics. And, you know, the things that kids care about nowadays are not the things we cared about. Like, I very much, like, if you had told me, if I'd asked for my mom, for Christmas, if I asked my mom for a GameCube, and she got me a GameCube Game Pass for the TV that let me stream the GameCube games, I would have been appalled. I would have been like, Mom, I want a GameCube. I don't, I don't want a, a subscription service. Because it was different for me. It's just kind of like, just kind of like our parents, you know. When when we were growing up, I don't know if you had this, Josh, but when I was growing up, my parents didn't understand the obsession that I had with video games. Because when they were little kids, for them, at, at best case scenario, they were they were moving along a, a, a game stick, Pac Man, you know, like Pac Man or the arcade. Like my parents didn't grasp the concept con- concept concept of thinking, dreaming about video games nonstop, wanting to play them, wanting to have. Oh, mom, I've already got 13 games on my shelf, but I need another one. Why? You've already got 13? I don't understand. Like, it was a completely different thing for us as kids than my parents. And it's just kind of like us now. Like, you know, I could have, let's say I had a kid right now and he was seven. He might be like, oh, you know, dad, can you give me a, a Xbox Game Pass subscription? I'm like, I'm like, we don't have an, uh, we don't have an Xbox Series X. He's like, 
Yeah, I know. You can just you can get it through the smart TV. You can play it through the smart TV or something like. Because I'm I'm thinking the future that's what's going to be. You don't have to have an Xbox. Even you don't even have Game Pass for PC. He's like, oh, I'll just just, can I get Game Pass for the PC, Dad? I'm like, you don't want the console. He's like, I don't need it. You know. And for me, that's shocking because I'm like, I care about the console. I like that fresh new opening the box and and putting the disc in. But those days are gone. And like those, it just doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't really appeal to that generation. That's what I. That's what the discussion ended up going into. Is I remember like someone like Xavier. I can remember. Asking him, I said, because he's such he's such a big proponent on wanting to hold the disc, wanting to own it in your hand. Mm-hmm. In terms of the physical, some yeah, I get and it. I asked him, I said, you know, if moving forward, if it maybe by the next generation, like we're talking PS six, whatever the next yeah. Xbox would be, do you, you know, for him, I was asking, do you feel like if if it was to transition in this current gen that we're about to go into to an like all digital, all streaming sort of shift for the industry are you still going to be interested and he said no he'd probably stop he'd, he'd probably lose interest in new games and just go back to playing okay i have an opinion Josh, sure if you, if you got I, I the only reason i feel like and i could be wrong but the only reason i feel like this is because i was exactly in his position a few years ago and josh can confirm that i was very much kicking and screaming i didn't want to give up physical gaming and i said the same thing i said if the future if it goes to digital only i'm out i'm done i'm only going classic um i call bullshit I don't think it's going to happen. I think, because, and I just experienced this myself, I think we don't want those things. We, we want to go kicking and screaming, but I think truth of the matter is, all it takes is for one game to pull that person in and they're back on board. I I, I get it. I get wanting to, you know, low-key boycott something because you don't like the direction it's going in. And I even support that. You know, I, I really did not like the shift to digital, but, um, you know, this is the way the game industry is moving. Um, there's, it's just an entertainment industry. There's, you know, I, I'm not downplaying at all someone's importance on physical media because I get it. I truly do. I, I love that stuff as well. But, you know, the gaming industry is not going to wait up for us. They're they're going to move forward. And if you want to play games, I mean, it's going to be digital only eventually. I mean, it's probably as much as I hate to say it, Josh, I think eventually we're not, we're mostly not going to be buying $60 games. I don't well, know if I it'll be this that, generation. No, and I believe that with Game Pass, I think it, we're going to see a shift in probably the next two or three gens where it gets to a point where it is just you're paying a, it's a service. service. But yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have people. I think physical stuff will still be around, but it'll be more niche, just like vinyl yeah. records are now. And I yeah. think so. I don't I don't think for someone like Xavier, if if he really is, if that's something, that the, if he's still gonna be that, have that kind of same feeling moving forward. I don't think he's necessarily gonna have to worry because I think that's that's gonna happen. But I, I could see it also by the time we get another couple yeah. gen or two ahead, where Game Pass is now the the norm. That maybe there'll be some new form of that, you know, where it's just the technology has advanced so far that we'll have something else. It's hard to well, see then, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's unique because when you when you look at something like Halo, it's just, this is like the first time you're going to be able to stream, or well, not stream it, I'm sorry, but like download this. For free. For free and, kind of, in a sense. Yeah. Like if you have a free 48-hour trial that maybe came with your Series X, yeah. Or or something, some part of something on Xbox One, dude. You're set, and you can play this game free of charge and completely See, play it in yeah. multiplayer in every aspect. I mean, it's just that, and that's something that's different about our generation now too. The generation now too than ours. Our generation was very much the generation of you know. Josh goes up to his dad, Dad, can I, can you let me, can I use your credit card to get eight dollar Xbox Live? And he goes, I ain't giving you my credit card so someone can rip me off and steal my information. You know, that's what our generation said. Our generation was not giving out their credit card info, but today, how many times do you hear stories about, oh, this parent's kid, they spent $400 on Candy Crush when they didn't know it. 
parents put out that they just straight up save their credit card information into the consoles right off the bat so they don't have to worry about it. So I think very much, you know, especially you get you get parents today that are Josh and I's age or younger, they're going to say, oh, I can buy a Series X, put in my credit card, not buy my kid any games, and I get f- charged $15 a month and he gets to play hundreds of games. I think I'll do that. And then if little Johnny says, Mom, I really don't I want to play this game that's not on Game Pass, she's probably going to say, you got 100 games. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the elephant in the room with this aspect. Like, I think really what we're dancing around is the fact that we're going to get to a point where, and we're kind of starting to see it, this stuff just isn't for us anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's yeah, about coming, fair. It's, it's about acceptance and coming to grips with that because something like the Star Wars sequels, for a lot, they're, they're not made for us. Star Wars has always been more for the younger, the younger viewers, you know, for mm-hmm. for for the kids and stuff like that, and the teenagers yeah. and stuff like that. And they all look at the demographic. Everyone that sits there and wants to poo-poo all over these sequels. Well, look, I, I definitely get a lot of those issues, and I have some myself. But like, I love them because you just got to take them as they are because they're not. We get as we get older, we get so much more critical than just taking something as it is, enjoying it, and thinking in our small minds, it's the best thing ever, you know. Mm. So with something like Halo, like to kind of shift the conversation a bit back to some of the banished stuff, like you know, this story could very much be a sort of soft reboot. Like it seems to be, you know, it really does seem to be, but that might be for us in a sense, you know, for people like us who really want to have those those original like Halo CE moments and kind of get some of that again. But I think very much in terms of the way the industry is changing and maybe what is to come down the line for the future of Halo, we just have to accept that. This stuff is going to grow beyond our preferences, and we have to either flow with that current or or try to fight against it. But if we fight against it, it's going to be a losing battle. We're going to be disappointed. We're going to be disappointed. And I, I think, like like you said, I mean, I think there's no there's no problem with someone saying, you know what, I don't like this direction for gaming. I'm done, or I'm just going to go back to the old stuff. I think that's that's not. I don't think that's like wrong or immature at all. I support that. Go for it. I'm just saying, like. Me and Josh, I think we like to experience, you know, the new stuff in the industry. And the only way we're going to be able to experience it is if we just, we prepare ourselves for what's to come. Yeah, you know? I mean, like a case in point with something like Battle Royale, if we see Battle Royale, and I don't think it's going to take, I don't think something like Battle Royale appearing in Halo Infinite, if it does, would completely take over the multiplayer. You know, it would completely make the, the 4v4 arena type stuff or, or Warzone or Big Team Battle deemed irrelevant, you know. But... That being said, if that's something that's in the game, someone, some people like Brian and I who wouldn't be as big on that, even though we'd still play it, even though we wouldn't be as big on that, and that'd be the kind of thing for us personally, right, that we'd have to come to grips with that, hey, this is probably going to be something moving forward, you know, yeah. right? I mean, that's just, yeah. that's, a, that's a kind of a, I think a, a topical uh, a case of that. I wish there was a word for it, because I feel like there's probably a word out there to describe exactly what I'm talking about, but there's a... There's a way in which when we become fans of something, we kind of perpetually live in that era forever. Like, I kind of still, like, I kind of still live and act like Halo 2 is a relevant game to this world. Like, I kind of act like it's it's still this popular, fun thing that everyone knows and well, talks Microsoft about. Microsoft certainly wanted you to feel that way, so. Yeah, but it's Which just, it's, it's, that's 2004, dude. Like, 2004 was so long ago and like the way technology moves like it's just me you know like and i know there's other people out there who love halo 2 and are talking about halo 2 still but like ultimately in the grand scheme of the world i'm talking about a game that's 16 years old here like the world's moved on you know and i feel like that's the same way with like star wars you know there's so many people who like 
1999 when they went to see Phantom Menace, you know, their experience with New Hope and Empire and Return of the Jedi as a little kid, it was still as close to home as if they just went and saw it in the theater yesterday. So when they got, went in and saw The Phantom Menace with all these expectations and they're still carrying that vessel of their original Star Wars love so close to them, it just hits like you're being abused. It's like, this is not what I wanted, you know, and, and it just, it sticks with you. And I think there's a point where you got to go, like, you can still have it stick with you, but there's a point where you got to say, you know, it's not that time anymore. Like, Brian, like, you know, Halo 2 introduced online multi uh, matchmaking and, and, and dual welding. It was this big, cool thing, and it was huge in 2004, but it is 2020, bro. Like, hey, I hope you know? I hope a month from now, Brian, you're, you're you're eating your words there. Even though I think I completely understand what you're saying, I just I hope they'll have like some reveal gameplay, and we'll see them pick up two weapons, two SMGs again. Oh, well, I mean, wow. that'd be cool. That'd be great. I mean, no, I get that. To, to piggyback off that too, I mean, dude, I I, I get that. I mean, that really you have to just kind of kind of get with it because, dude, when you get into something like I said in the last episode, like you're so immersed and enamored, and you just want to like consume. Uh, a fandom that you're into like with halo yeah. when you first get into it you're like oh there's books there's comics you're telling me there's movies it's like that's awesome there's all these different forms of halo in which to consume but then after you've been into it for a while and there hasn't been something new and then you get to the point where something new is about to come out that thing falls under this very watchful eye it doesn't get the same rose tinted glasses uh on the on your face that all this other stuff does because that stuff built the foundation of your love for that Right, but then you have this new thing like Halo Infinite, where that's off, and now it's like, okay, you better be as good as all this stuff I freaking yeah. or I'm gonna tell, you know. So, I mean, it, you have to just let that go. Like the expectations don't help. Like, like history has proven that as we've gotten older with all these reboots and sequels and stuff like that. Yeah, money, money talks, sure, but we lose a lot of originality as a result of people wanting the same to recycle the same stuff from their childhood because they don't know they don't know accept that things change and grow and look i'm not telling you that phantom menace is better than a new hope guys i might love it a lot it might be one of my favorite if not my favorite star wars movie at times but you know you just have to kind of accept that it's going to grow beyond the love you 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 the honeymoon phase of your love for a fandom right you know what's crazy i did not intend to say this at all josh but it's actually just like that quote from the last jedi where yoda says they are what we grow beyond. i was thinking that are they, they that. are is that how we said it did i say that right yeah they are they, they grow beyond us no we are what we grow beyond or something like that yeah yeah they are yeah basically just saying like you know and it's kind of you know i'm not gonna get into this whole topic but it's kind of just like it's kind of an analogy it's like you know this isn't this isn't the uh, the seventies and eighties anymore. This is a new Star Wars, you know. Um, and I, I think uh, I, I, want, I wanted to say because we're we're in this topic. I wanted to say that I've already seen. I'm not. I won't. I'm never going to call out anybody. But I've already seen several people, uh, individuals, and, and different things on the internet. People saying, you know, I don't like the banished. I didn't want this. I didn't. I wanted created. Uh, you know, this is too plain. It's just like the Covenant. You know, we Josh and I have been saying this since you know six months ago or earlier. We've been saying, hey, when the Infinite News drops. People are going to be disappointed, whether it's good or not. Objectively, people are going to be disappointed, and we're just here at the tip of the iceberg. We're about to get more and more reveals, and there's sure a lot of us are excited for the banish. Josh and I sure are, uh, but there's going to be people who don't like things, and there's going to be stuff we don't like. And it's just, I think it's important to just be like, I mean, it's entertainment, and you can you can feel how you want, and that's totally fair. But I just feel like you know we've all been waiting for a new Halo. Like let's just. 
let's just let things roll. Like, let's just be positive about it, you know? Well, I mean... Yeah, and it's different. It's a longer discussion for another time, but that really falls into line with so much knee-jerk reaction culture that we're into, right? Yeah. And it's so easy. We don't even know what this game looks like really yet, and we're already making these, you know, negative assumptions that, no, this is going to be bad, and we didn't want the Banish. Well, look, like, the Banish is maybe one of the, the, the only things we've kind of got confirmed now. But we don't know the rest of it. We have to just give yeah. it time. Like For all we know, like, um, this would be stupid, but, you know, this would be really stupid. This is not a good idea. But, like, maybe the Banished are being controlled by Cortana or something stupid. Like, you, I'm just saying that right. because we literally don't know. No, and, we have nothing to go off uh, on. So it's, yeah. like, it's easy to say, thanks, I hate it. But, like, we don't even know what yeah. it looks like yet. Just give it a little bit more time. And I just think, like, doesn't that just, I got to imagine if I was at 343 and I was, I had any, if I was, if I had any, uh, uh, per, what's the word I'm looking for? If I had any influence on when information got released and I kept seeing people, like, every time we post something new, they just, they bad talk stuff. I'd be like, you know what? Like, that's why I want to wait. That's why I'm waiting until the last possible minute to show you guys infinite stuff. Because if I told you we were fighting the banished a year ago, I would have gave you guys a year to bitch about it. You know what I mean? Well, you got to think So too, I, I kind of get that. 343 probably has one of the best backbones in the entire industry after having dealt with all they have the past that's several it. years. But yeah, that being much said, gotten, it's still going to yeah. hurt when they see things like that. And hey, you know what? We learned a lot. What we're getting in Halo Infinite, in a lot of ways, is going to be a direct result of all the the comments and criticism, whether yeah. constructive or not, that we got as a result of Halo 5 uh, being a product. So, I mean, I, I'm sure they're prepared for that, but it still hurts. And, and I, I'm sure they're probably thinking they don't even know what the game looks like yet. Come on, guys, just hang in there. Like, yeah. This is cool. The Banished are in this game. Like someone that was introduced. Like you guys, do you know what this means? Brutes and elites. You're going to be able yeah. to fight them. Seems to be a Halo ring. Hey, Classic guys, art style. Combat evolved. You know, remember yeah. Halo 2? You know, remember Halo 3? You know, like, we want to respect that, you know, and 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 that makes me so excited, man. Like like I said, I've really come around to the whole aspect of, you know, even though I like the, the new type of experiences, to 343's credit, we got it with Halo 4 and 5. We've gotten yeah. it. Like, if they... And they're gonna, people are going to be nostalgic for those right, soon. Right, so like they, they took those chances to do new things and didn't try to like tether themselves to familiar territory. We might see that with Halo Infinite now. And you know what? If that happens, I think it it's <laughs> it, it's, it's weird to say this because it, it should never be like a factual thing or, or, or whatever. It's always going to be left up to subjective opinion. But it should be okay. It should be okay for them to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in, you know the best way to... I mean, with with Josh and I, you know, we want to offer constructive criticism, but if if all we have is just the potential to be assholes, we just won't say anything. You know what I mean? Like, and we can you can always pay with your money. You can always pay with your you know if you if you if we don't like a thing, we won't buy it. You know, we're, there's just there's just better ways. Well, um, what's that, Josh? No, go ahead, Brian. I'll let you finish. I was just gonna say, I, I just you know, for us, it's it's we just like having an open mind. I, I think uh, for people listening. They're probably gonna be thinking like, why do these guys get so philosophical about this stuff all the time? Why do they do that? Well, I think it's because Josh and I very, very, very much come from that background. We were very deeply rooted in our expectations and our things need to be the way we want them. And this is what makes Star Wars. This is what makes Halo. This can't change. If this happens, I won't buy it. This is unacceptable. We lived in that mindset for quite a while, and then we we kind of got older, and we grew out of it, and we look back, and we go, you know what? That was kind of like, we're just kind of living in negativity, and it just wasn't, it was just didn't make yeah. sense, and we're just kind of trying to be like, you know, we're just trying to say that 
this is better. We're not telling anybody they need to do the same thing. We're not saying we're like objectively right, but what we've done by opening up our eyes and just kind of letting things slide off our back and being welcoming of new concepts, it has made my heart pump a lot less faster. Yeah, I completely feel you on that, Brian. I feel like as much as it sucks in a way, I'm grateful for all those people so long ago that crapped all over the prequel trilogy because it made me see how they looked and how they were perceived. So that you won't do it for the sequel It made me become self-aware that I never want to be that person. So when I saw Last Jedi, I was humbled because I realized I didn't like it. Now now I can say I still love it. You know, I've come around to it. But at the time when I really felt like I hated that movie, I had to think about it and get in touch with myself. Well, why? You know, and just like you with Halo 5, why don't I like this game? And you, you know... But at the same time, you really like us being kind of obsessive minded with some of that stuff. You really want to take a deeper look. Right. Yeah. And I think having those experiences has made us more acceptable, uh, more accepting of all these different chances and and twists and turns that these franchises that we love could could take. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's it's really what it comes down to. I mean, I Brian Brian said before, like uh, even off air earlier, he was telling me, you know, it. Halo, even if Halo Infinite turns out to be some kind of like MMO, which it's not going to be, but even if it was something like that, you know, he might say, hey, this isn't what I was wanting it to be, but I'm still stoked yeah. as all heck, you know, yeah. because it's just, I'm just open. We've, we, I, you know, and I don't, we don't look at Halo 5 as like the rock bottom. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would say it's rock bottom for Halo because it was definitely a low point for a lot of people, right? For that right. series narratively, right. it was rock bottom. Right. Yeah. But like what happens with rock bottom? You can only go up from there, you know? Yeah. And I think, that really five years have passed. It's been enough time. People are excited. And I'll tell you guys right now in, in regards to all these, you know, a lot of people poo-pooing on some of the Spanish stuff. I'm going to tell you right now why I'm excited. I'm excited because I feel like one, the, the one clear thing we know of going into this as of right now, as of the day of Brian and I recording this is the, the banished being in the banished were not characters or, or a faction or whatever that was conceived of in a book or a comic they were conceived of in a game if i want to get that initial experience i can go do that by playing halo wars 2 that's really cool to me but also what that means is is likely brute weaponry and the campaign in multiplayer maybe brute uh some kind of brute designs in terms of vehicles and things like that there's a lot of uh uniqueness that i think is going to come from this that we'll hopefully see here within the next coming weeks but i mean that makes me excited because that means a lot of possibilities you know, I really. I'm glad I you mean, said that, Josh, because my I was about to say final closing thoughts. What's got you excited about the banish? Oh, and you literally yeah. just started well, saying over to you, man. What do you think? For for me, guys, like you know, I could go all all day about the things I love about Halo, but when it comes down to it, the core things I really enjoy about Halo is exploring something mysterious yes. and fighting fun enemies. Like that's what it was in the beginning. It's just like I love to fight the Covenant. All right, in the original Halo, I love to fight grunts. You played it much for the story. You played it because you had fun, right? Yeah, I just it just because we because we loved the story, but we like I said, me and Josh didn't really even understand it at the beginning. (laughs) So like it was just fun to be in this mysterious place with all these mysteries up in the air, fighting a badass enemy as a badass dude with awesome guns. So right now, what are we looking at? What are we looking at in Infinite? We're looking at cool art style, cool enemies. You know, if you put me as chief and you just say go out there, you know. Get on this Halo ring. The story's a mystery. Fight some banished. I'm back, baby. Like I'm back. You know when, when we, you know when we got to Halo Four and Five. I love Halo Four. You know we don't like Five as much, but when I got to those games, it was less about 
the mystery and fighting fun enemies. It was more about this deep, intricate lore that I had to explore in inside and outside of the games, and then a mixture of enemies I liked, enemies I didn't. Yep. You know, it wasn't as consistent. So just taking it back to basics, that's what's got me so excited. Yeah, I mean, it, hey, it's, it's a nice thought to think that the Banished being who they are, from what you've told me and what people have experienced, these are going to be some worthy opponents for Chief to fight. And for us yeah. players to play or to, to, to fight against, I think that's going to be really cool from a gameplay standpoint. We've spent so much time talking about narrative aspects, but man, I just think it's going to be fun to play fighting them. It's going to be fun to play. If, like it's going to be. If you go back to the sort of trinity of having the the brutes and the you know elites and and all you know the sort of covenant, I guess if you will, and then you have the flood, man, that's going to be fun. You know, yeah, take you me back. Ooh, oh man, don't get me singing country roads. Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be singing a lot here because it's time for questions and answers. Di- or how do you do that? How do you do that, Josh? Oh, Brian, you do it. You better. know better than that. The questions and answers derived from the Twitter. I like to get a little Elvis there. Uh, I was going for John Stamos impersonating Elvis. Oh, but thank okay. You. Well, very good. Very good. Full house humor. We have a full. Uh, we have one uh, uh, Patreon question from Photon. Spicy. What, what did you dub him? Meme Lord? He's a spicy meme lord. Lord Photon. Um, he says, what? It's a pretty simple question. What new feature do you think Halo Infinite will feature? So. What new feature do I think Halo. If it's going to be a new feature, I'm going to. I'll go ahead first. And it's, you I'm, go ahead. I'm speaking as I'm listening to you. Easy one. I think, um, I think there's going to be. How do I want to put this? I think you're going to be able to go to missions at your own accord. I think that's a new feature. Though you could argue that was no DST, but I'm going to go ahead and say that my thing counts and say that I think you're going to have a little freedom to, you know, you complete a mission, then you're going to be able to explore, maybe do something on the side. You're going to be able to go to it at your own will. I would be surprised if this Halo has literally a menu of 12 missions where you select it, watch a cutscene, and go in. I just don't think it's going to be like that. Yeah. So that's the feature. I'd see first person. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say something like that. I think it's, I could say something like, uh, uh, battle royale but i don't know i mean I, I think you're probably closer to being right brian first person shooters kind of have to evolve in a way you can tell you can you can tell great stories with first person shooters you can really tell some amazing stories in ways that things have never been done but i think that's you're, you're sort of a glass ceiling with that so yeah. maybe you know halo infinite can can really uh set the precedent for how a lot of first-person shooters might do games in the future. Something like Doom, who knows? You know, you could get a future Doom that's like that. That could be crazy. You already kind of had the little hub area in Doom. Yeah. Channel, so we could maybe have something like that. What if we have something like that in multiplayer that's almost like in, in the sense of Destiny 2, like a tower, and you like, boom, go over here and get some Warzone stuff. See, over yeah. How I picture it is I picture, I picture them giving us a giant, like, Halo world to play in. And, like, the game will start with a cutscene that goes right into gameplay, and you'll do a mission. And when the mission's over, I think you'll just kind of organically be at a spot on the Halo ring. And there'll be, like, a nav point that'll say, like, you know, you know, uh, this, like I said, like we talked about. If you don't want to. Yeah. If you don't want to, there's also all this other stuff. And, like, there's a little Covenant faction over there. You know, we talked about Waterfang Gorge and all that stuff. Like, that stuff's there (laughs) to do. And then also, that could be how you find skulls and, like. You know, like maybe if, if the map's big enough, maybe it's one of those deals where like you press the back button and it calls the pilot down to bring the pelican Look, and you use that as fast travel. You yeah, know? if that grappling hook that was supposedly a thing, you know, if that photo was legit, which by all accounts seems to be, uh, 
that could very well be that kind of thing and play into the sort of having all this room to roam around and try to get up high for skull locations and terminals and all that stuff. So you know what I could say about you know I could say about Halo Infinite. What can you say about Halo Infinite, Brian? I don't know what the name of the song is called, but I could say I just haven't met you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bublé. How would you know any more lyrics from that song, Josh? Nope. Give me give me a good popular song for us to sing along to. It seems like good, it's been, a good been song. A while. To, oh, you miss singing, Brian? Yeah, give oh, me a good, man. give me a new popular hit song. A new popular hit know. song, man. I don't like know. Something I, would, <laughs> I was thinking Roxanne. Um, you gotta listen to Roxanne. That's a pretty good song. That um, was funny when you did that. I'll just be like Drake, be like doing well, dog. I was telling, by the way, I was telling uh, some of the dudes at work when you sing Lil Wayne in the car, where they're oh, cracking yeah. off, dude. I, oh man, no, I can't think of well, it. It'll just happen organically. It'll happen organically. Yeah. So. Um. Oh yeah. Hmm. She said. Just keep your eyes on me. You said you're holding back. He said, shut up and dance with me. Atriox is my Halo Infinite enemy. I said, woo, woo, the banister coming back to me. Ooh, Ooh. damn. That was good. That was good. I said, damn, baby. Singing we're going to listen to this one. This gonna, man, Brian really took it home. If this was an episode of The Voice, this one goes to Brian. Your time's coming, Josh. Before so. this is over, you're going to hit. Hey, I, I've gotten it nine out of ten times. You're more than welcome to, to, to have some in there. You, you deserve that, too. So I love it. You ready for the question? <laughs> that was great, man. The... Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to hear you sing more, but yes, I'm ready for the questions. Uh, the question <laughs> was, the Banished are a splinter faction that rebelled against the Covenant. They rose to power after the Human, in, human Covenant War. There was something else interesting about them. Oh, they're coming to Halo Infinite this holiday season. <laughs> what do you like or dislike about the Banished? Did you like my Tim Allen grunt? Yeah, do the, do do it again. <laughs> and then it goes. Or how that theme music? I don't know. Like Seinfeld. Maybe if we ever got on, if we ever did YouTube, maybe we should just have your half your face behind a fence. And I'll just ask you for advice, and then I'll completely, I'll go to my wife, and I'll be like, the wholesome. Well, Wilson said that. The only reason I was bad is because sometimes women eat too much food. And then Jill's like, that can't be what Wilson said. Then she'll go over Usually to that's how Wilson and Wilson be like, that is not what I said. No, uh, I like, all you, all you dumbass. So <laughs> um, first response we got is from Keeping It Sacred 24-7. Keeping It Sacred on Cairo Station FM. FM. Oh, no, wait. How, did, how would they My do My favorite it? radio station. How they do the what is it? Cairo. Cairo. Cairo station. It's way. I like the station way better than the the Halo Country station, where it's like, "That's my grunt in my backyard. <laughs> That's the jackal rolling down in the wind." Oh, see, you'll never um, catch me singing country because I don't know none of this shit. Uh, <laughs> Keeping keep a sacred twenty four seven says, dislike nothing. They were a great enemy with an even greater concept. Nothing cooler than an enemy who doesn't slink one. Doesn't doesn't slink one the shadow? I'm not sure. I might be misreading it. Just like it said, no more lies. It almost makes you like them, especially given the current state of the world. Their outrage reflects our own. I'm going down on a limb, but it may be deeply symbolic to have the banished tear everything apart, if only to rebuild the Halo universe. That's cool, but I kind of think that's what the creator did. We talked about it earlier. I don't know. You could be right, though. The reckoning that pushes 343 to greatness, symbolizing their own strife and struggles, and chief to reflect the relentless tenacity of our own kind. Of our kind, very meta there, very meta. Yeah, um, I don't know, that's possible. I mean, I could definitely, I can almost see something like that. It kind of reminds me of. Uh, I know this is way off topic, but it's like 
they announced the Crash Four, Crash Bandicoot Four trailer this week, and at the end of the trailer, well, you that, and Kirsty uh, and a couple others were so excited. Oh, I'm for that. so stoked! Yeah. At the end of the trailer, uh, the one of the masks says to Coco, "Oh, like, yup, go ahead." He's like, "I thought there was more games than this," and they're like, "No, yeah, more games where know, you fought him, or, right?" Yeah, more games where you fought him. Like, oh, I don't know, because yeah, there was a bunch of games that people didn't really like. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, I think uh, totally with him. I mean, I have nothing I dislike about the Banished. I think they're great, and um, I definitely think the for as much uh, criticism as Three Four Three's taken dealing with the Prometheans as an enemy, I think this can definitely be their time to shine and say, you know what, everybody really likes the Three Four Three. Or really likes uh, the banished? That was three four three. That was a three four three thing. We love the banished. You know, it's like yeah. the next step from the covenant. You got anything to add to that, Josh? Yeah, no, I just gotta say, like, I'm so, I'm so happy with this move of the banished. Like, I, I'm really, really happy about it. It makes me feel so good. It makes it sets this good precedent. So me. good. Oh. I got you. Oh God damn, man, getting tingles over here. No, it makes me feel so good kind of going forward like if this is all we get for like a week or the next couple weeks like dude i'm good i'm pretty good because i feel like this is something where i can look back and i don't have to go back i I don't mean to shit all in the books guys i don't mean to to poo poo on all that stuff it's just they're great yeah i I know i know there's so much there that's that that's fantastic it's just for sort of the more uh i guess casual people which i don't necessarily think i'm a casual halo fan by any means especially when it comes to the multiplayer but in terms of the lore Brian and I's knowledge is night and day. Brian knows ten times more than I do. So for someone like me, it's like it already feels easier to get into. I said before I was like really excited more, I guess, to see the story. Typically I'd say multiplayer, but I'm really I was really excited to see like what direction the story's gonna go in, and we just kind of got a bit of a a little bit of insight into that. And I think, dude, I'm completely open minded, and I love that these guys are so primal, apparently. That just has me super psyched to fight them. I well, Josh, I think fun to play. Something just kind of reminded me of if you guys listen often, one of the most iconic stories probably we've told is about like me getting Josh into Halo Four, like understanding it and like getting him in the Halo hype. But if you think about it, that's kind of it's kind of bad. Like Josh was pretty much, I think Josh was in the position of a lot of Halo fans nowadays, or he used to be Halo fans. Josh was kind of just lost on the story and lore and how it connected, and there was like books he didn't read and comics and stuff. And it wasn't until I came in the room and really just kind of blabbed on and on with my Halo excitement that got him back on board. You know, it, it's a, it wasn't very accessible to him. So, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, it was a that was a beautiful, beautiful moment in my life. I think for sure because it really brought me back. Good time, man. But but yeah, I mean, it was it kind of really plays into how they've uh, they've struggled a bit. You look at you look at how like you said earlier in the show, Bungie didn't really have. They didn't really go too too deep in terms of the lore. Like it was there if people wanted to mess with it, you know, if they wanted to mess with it, but they didn't really kind of go there. But then three four three was like, we're gonna open this pit up, you know, yeah. we're gonna do this. And and I think it probably humbled it probably humbled a lot of people at three four three because I think one of the huge criticisms the whole time Bungie was going was, why don't you guys dive into this universe you created? It's awesome. Yep. And then why don't like, you pay attention like, to the books? Too much, you know. And now yeah, you're like, now now it feels like they're saying, okay, we've listened. Let's take a step back. Yeah. Take a step back, and we'll we still we're going to do that stuff, but we're going to find a way to simplify this so this game is very accessible, not just next platforms, but in terms <laughs> yeah. of story. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, next question is from Michael Sperry. Says Michael Sperry. Will, 
I like the idea of a ruthlessly pragmatic splinter group led by a cunning brute chieftain who is more concerned with amassing personal wealth and power as opposed to advancing some sort of obtuse religious or political dogma. It's a unique angle for Halo to take. This is the the, the yeah. guy that I, I kind of took what he said earlier where I said this is kind of unique for Halo to just go like, oh, this faction just wants to be powerful and in charge. It's not based on religion or any kind of mantle responsibility. They just want to be in charge. It's pretty simple. Yeah, and hey. But he continues to say, ahead, sorry, Josh, ahead, I, I didn't finish. Go ahead. He says, that said, I was not pleased by how Halo Wars 2 handled them. Most of the interesting story material surrounding them was regulated to Phoenix Logs. In-game, they just came off as rather generic mercenary faction with Atriox himself got... While, while Atriox himself got very little screen time. Let me say to that, Michael, Michael oh, Perry, I think... This really touches on what we talked about earlier, and I have to say, I think I, I kind of disagree with you. I don't think you're wrong by any means, but here's what you said, right? Here's what you said. You said, "Not pleased by how they were handled in Halo Wars 2. Most interesting story material surrounding them was related to Phoenix Logs. Uh, in game, they came off as rather generic. I think that's great, kind of, because what have we seen in the past before? We've seen um, if if they knew that the banished, banished, the banished, banished. If they knew the Banished were going to be in Halo Infinite, maybe they very intentionally kind of downplay them a little bit in Halo Wars 2 because we don't want a ton of information and background required from Halo Wars 2. That's exactly what we've, we've people have been chastising 343 about for so long. We want to be able to play Halo Infinite and have everything we need right there. So mm-hmm. if they kind of downplayed them a bit and kept them simple because they knew they were going to have their big, big like spot in Infinite, I'm behind that. Uh, Josh, what do you think? No, absolutely. I mean, I, and I, I love what he said too about sort of like the, the visceral or whatever it was. He said, I'm sorry, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very, uh, I mean, pragmatic. That, that stuff makes me excited, but you know, we also don't know what their motivation is necessarily going to be in this game. And I think that's cool too. That, that's, that's some nice sizzle. Like it's like... 343 today just like pretty much threw down the burger patty on the grill and you start to hear that that cook and sizzle. sizzle. You know what I mean? Ooh. You don't know how it's going to taste yet, but you know it already sounds It's going to taste. Sounds good. like it's going to be great. So I I just love that from uh You ever I'm, seen that v- video with the about the guy with the burger who's like damn. Auto tuned it. It was like, damn damn yeah oh so good but yeah Uh, no i i think that's great uh and i love that answer i i get it and that's interesting uh it makes me again want to play halo wars 2 because that's that's an opposing opinion that i've heard compared to yeah well it's good it's good criticism because i think he's right i think you know for as much as we talk about how awesome the banished are i think when you play it josh you'll be like well, they're they're very definitely cool but like there's not any like super deep there's not a lot of crazy death to them Per se. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get to uh, see that in Infinite. I think they're saving that for Infinite. Um, next response is from Silver Wolf X. Okay. I cannot find anything to hate about the Banished. They fit perfectly as a powerful and terrifying faction, and their lethal brutality makes them even more great. Totally. Wow. Could this game potentially be a backdoor pilot for Brute Force 2? We don't know. we got to wait for November to see. John, Brian, I'm talking about Brute Force on the podcast. Brian, Brian's only groaning because. You know, he just he knows it's not going to happen, even though he really, really wants. I was to about happen. to say that. About to say that you want brute force too. I was about to say that that I would hate if we did a brute force podcast that got way more popular than this one. But I mean, if it's way more popular, like millions of listens a piece, I, I mean, I guess it's worth it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a shill. I'm a shill. Um, oh. Oh, brute force. Let's see. Next response is from JMB Chief. JMB. I love the idea of them. I think they are a great antagonist moving forward. It isn't just zealots again, like four and five. They are far more interesting. And Atriox is a great villain. Very excited moving forward. Yeah, Josh. I guess I should have. Uh, 
we should have talked about it earlier. Um, in Halo Four and Five, they they have there's there was the zealots that were just like he's he, what he's saying is remember the Storm Covenant from yeah. Halo Four and Five? Yes. Like, it's not just like it's not like that where the Storm was basically just the Covenant but a different part. You know, the Banished are very much more their own thing. So I think that is a lot more interesting. I agree with him. Oh, definitely. No, I would agree with that too. I mean, I know I got to play Halo Wars two to kind of understand that more, but like, yeah, already that's got me excited. I love the I love I just love the idea that they're sort of like a pre-existing like established thing because they were there when the covenant were fighting right. for, in halo one two and three yeah. like, like i get halo four doing the prometheans the way they did like and i and i and i i get them like the necessitation of being like new opponents to fight and stuff like that but it's like it's cool that like it, in a way like yeah we're just fighting the covenant again but like it's a it's a different kind of covenant you know what mm-hmm. i mean if, if for yep. casual people like I, I like that so yeah yeah and for people who just want to be, you know, basic and mainstream, they can turn the game on and be like, "Oh, sweet, fight like, more Covenant." Like from from a developer standpoint, I just I just think like, "Hey, nice job!" Like you guys were maybe sitting there wondering after right after Halo Five, like, "Where do we go moving forward with the story?" Maybe you didn't have that plan. Like, we can't have them fight Covenant forever. What can we do? And then someone's like, "Hey, but how about them banish there that we're gonna be doing in that Halo Wars too? Don't you know?" I don't know why yeah. it sounds like Dan Aykroyd. And then there's like, have you ever seen Django and Chain? Callahan Auto Parts. You ever seen Django and Chain? Yes, I have. I think it's like that one scene. Django! Where... Django! I think it's like that one scene at the where there's a guy in the back of 343 that goes, you know, I, th- I think the Prometheans were a good idea, but maybe they could have been de- done better, and this time we go without the Prometheans, and next time we just try to make them better. You know, like the bag scene? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> like... voice. oh, Brian, I feel like I'm good at impersonations. Man, that was pretty good. Oh, Josh, you... you... You, uh, I like you someone's curving beans. Yeah. Well, you're the one who said freaking Hormel Halo Chili Halo Beans. Sponsor. Hormel Chili. Yeah. That'd be the worst sponsor Wait. ever. Buy four cans and turn in all your you imagine for a Halo Helipad map pack. I remember the remake I re- of Valhalla, you old sons of bitches. Woo! <laughs> you ready to sons go of bitches. <laughs> I could just picture, like, I remember back when Halo 4 came out, I drank so much Mountain Dew to get the double XP, but if I had to buy freaking Hormel Chili... And I'd just be like, you just get onto the Halo Infinite chat, and it's just like a thousand people farting at once. Like everyone just, <laughs> everyone had like fourteen cans of Hormel chili to get their double XP. That's just not the way to do it, bro. Uh, people just gassing up their, uh, yeah, their living, <laughs> living quarters. Mom, you got my Hormel chili. I need the double XP. Um, but anyways, next uh, next response is from yeah, we, Ethan. We, we were at, just tooting around there, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, I would hate that, dude. I don't I don't want <laughs> Halo Infinite to just be a big yeah. gas cloud Hormel chamber. Yeah, I didn't mean to gas you up with that that Halo Hormel chili joke, Brian. Uh, Ethan at Straight Rebel says, <laughs> Josh can't stop thinking about sixteen players of voice chatting, just everyone passing gas. Imagine that at a LAN party. Hey guys, mm-hmm. did you get uh, the, did you get your pack to Halo Hormel chili? Yeah, I brought. Man, I got 24 of them here for all of us. We definitely won't have to go hungry. <laughs> and then we all eat them, and then it's just a bunch of people tooting it up at different points. Uh, all I've ate for the last year is Hormel chili in preparation for Halo Dude, Infinite. Listen, if they're going to do a Halo, a Halo commercial, like promotional commercial for that, we need damn ass MH Cosplay Mike, our buddy, dropping, dropping out of his pod. pod. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd... I got your Hormel right here. <laughs> and he actually, he just pulls his foot out of one of his ODST boots, and it's full. He actually has his feet submerged in Hormel chili. Why? For some... <laughs> I don't know, because it's funny, Josh. 
Anyways, Mark, we haven't got to Ethan's. Hell. We haven't got to Ethan's answer. I've yeah. called oh, him out sorry. three I'll times. Start. No, it's not your fault, but, uh <laughs> Their vehicle and armor design is A plus, and having a wise brute leader is really cool. I like how he said that because I picture he says he says having a wise brute leader is really cool. I'm picturing he thinks that Tartarus is an oaf. Yeah, you Tart- know what? <laughs> Tartar sauce. No, I did. Did Atriox die? That's not Atriox. No, 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 no. That's not him in the in the video, right? The, the audio. Um, I already heard someone say it wasn't him, but it kind of sounded like. Okay, it was. Sure. I was going to say like I actually really liked that voice, like the voiceover in cool. front of the accent. I loved it. I can't remember. There was one specific line he said, and I was just like, I was sold when I heard that. So, but uh, you definitely agree, though. Definitely agree. I, I, I love that concept so much. I don't mean to cycle yeah. around that. I just, dude, that just gets me so damn excited. Yeah. And plus, uh, it's look if 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 feel like it's a safe assumption right now to think that we're going the banished might be the 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 primary uh, antagonists mm-hmm. that we're fighting in this game, and maybe if we fight Prometheans, maybe they'll be the more sort of secondary ones. You know, whereas it was kind of like half and half in Halo 5. So, like, the thought of fighting organic matter makes me definitely like 10 times more. I, I, dude, I I just don't want the Prometheans. I'm not a hater. I just don't. Just, I just, I don't, I don't like fighting them. You know what I mean? I just, I, and I've said this before. I actually don't think they're bad. They're, they're, uh, unfun to fight. I, I think they are fun to fight. I think that their design and character isn't fun or interesting. You know, the thing I like about the brutes and the elites and the grunts, you know, grunts are, com- com- you know, they got comedy, they scream. Once come out with those damn-ass grenades ready to light you up, and then you shoot them, and they're like, wow, you know, and then they're screaming, and they're saying stuff, and then you got those jackals kind of, like, creeping around with those those damn-ass bean rifles on, uh, with the new Mombasa streets and Halo 2, then you got the... I just had the most random thought when you were talking, because when you made that grunt sound, it sounded like R2-D2, and then I just pictured, if there's anybody out there who's good at drawing, I just pictured a fan art... Or like Anakin's in his ship, but in the R two D two slot, it's a grunt. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like he's just on the front of the ship because because uh, when when uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, when the R two D two gets hit or whatever, he's like, wow. Yeah, he <laughs> you know? comes out. He comes out on that invisible hand ship, and he's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I could also picture like a grunt in place of little everywhere. little baby Yoda, as I like to call him, the Baba Yaga. You know, for uh, um, Josh, you ready for our final answer before we go into the Patreon and the business? Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, bet. Hit me up with it. <laughs> the Halo Mega Blog. First, I love the Covenant. They had pride. They had honor. The elites, especially, believed in combat, and they usually refused to fight an unarmed combatant. Now, that what I love about the Banished is how they are a complete opposite of that. Forget about combat; it'll be annihilation. Very much touched on what we touched on. It's not like the elites and the covenant more with their, their pride and their, you know, a little more delicate. The the banish are just like I'm gonna come kill you, bro. You I'm gonna come kill you. Yeah, look, there might not be any kind of like visceral change to how the gameplay flows in this game to pass halos, but dude, hyped at the idea of, of what this could. Basically, the covenant were Josh's version of the jackal gangster at the beginning of this video, and the banished are my version of the jackal. <laughs> you know, it's you know? it's cool though because I mean, what what is this going to mean for how the gameplay on a fundamental level is going to flow? That's an exciting thought. You had, you know, you can think of like jackals perched up in like those little like sort of hover towers. I don't know what those are called. The grav lifts basically. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. You know, and you had the elites and how they sort of fought in combat and you know of what to expect from the brutes. But like, OK, the banished are a little bit different. How are they going to flow? And and we, we don't have anything else to go off on because the last time they appeared in a game was in an RTS being Halo Wars 2. So that's going to be yep. cool, right? 
All right, into the business, guys. Great, uh, great answers, though, everyone. Great answers. Newest bit of info. It's not that big a deal, but we are on Instagram now. If you want to check out some stuff there, uh, it's Sacred Icon Halo on Instagram. We have a Gmail where you can send us uh, mail at it's uh, Sacred Icon Halo at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, as always, at Sacred Icon Halo. Josh, if you want to contact him, is at Jovial Joshy. I am at Brian's Bane. We have a website, sacrediconhalo.com. What else do we have, Josh? Oh, yes, we have a Discord. Uh, guys, we just got a lot more people in there. Um, we have great discussion there. Uh, I think it's really going to pick up more and more uh, as Halo Infinite news comes out, so we would definitely encourage you to get in our Discord. Yeah, if you guys want to have a big space to talk you know, about Halo, yeah. whether you like it or not. That's what yeah. we're critical. I mean, as long as they're respectful, any hot takes, any opinions, all welcome. And you don't even have to talk about Halo. You can talk about like this brutal zit next to your eyebrow you've been trying to get rid of. Um, <laughs> we did but, that episode uh, that then the last episode like about Patreon and you know or no people can zits, with bro. the questions. Yeah. Zits, yeah, always zits. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But uh, Discord, uh, there is a a link with a free invite to our Discord. Discord, everyone is welcome. It's at the top of our Twitter page. That's uh, a Discord uh, Sacred Icon Halo. I think I've called out all the stuff except the Patreon, which we're getting to now. Yes. Patreon.com slash Sacred Icon Halo is a thing. If you want to support us monetarily, you can. Um, we are completely cool with you not doing that. Just listening is awesome. Just participate in the Twitter's dope. If you want to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, that's great. You can even say something horrible about us as long as it's a five-star. Though we'd appreciate it if you said something nice. But yes, we very much appreciate that. Absolutely. And also, guys, by all means, if you, you, you're listening to this for the first time, or even if you're someone who listens to this for a while, be sure and share this with your friends. Uh, you know, Tell them about it. Uh, that word yeah. of mouth helps so much for us yeah, definitely. to get heard by more people. And it, and it means a lot, too. Your words are, are more than enough. You tuning in to listen is more than enough. Any way you help is fine. It Any doesn't way matter. You help us. It means it's... the world to us. And, yeah. and that's why we always ramble in these sections, because we have so much to say and such a short time to do it. But we want to make sure that you feel yes. don't feel Don't feel obligated to do the... Don't feel obligated to do the Patreon at all. It's just something we have there. we got awesome supporters, but we know there's other people supporting awesomely as well outside of that. Uh, but another thing I guess I forgot to mention, guys, we have merch on Etsy.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. But if you are a Patreon, all of our Patreon tiers offer a way for you to get merch at some point. Uh, we have a $1 tier, $5 tier, and $10 tier. $1 tier, we just shout you out on the podcast. You're supporting us. $5 tier, you get into our behind-the-scenes Discord where Josh and I talk about ideas for the next episode, behind-the-scenes jokes. Uh, we get some of your uh, some of your guys' opinion on that stuff before we go live. Uh, also, with the $5 tier, you can uh, send in a question at any time uh, that we'll answer on the podcast, guaranteed. And every six months in the uh, $5 tier, we'll send you a swag pack. And then at the final $10 tier, you get all the stuff from the previous tiers, plus at six months, we'll send you a T-shirt uh, and then you'll also get the swag pack earlier at three months. So, and the, and the cool thing is, even if you're at $1 forever, eventually, if you hit that certain dollar amount in the $1, we're still going to send you the swag from the other tiers. So yeah, there's a lot of cool great. stuff on there and you're going to benefit by doing it for a while. But also if you're just someone who like maybe really likes listening to the show, but you're at work and, or you're on the run and you got something specific, 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 <laughs> if you got something specific, with Halo that you just want to listen to people talk about for an hour. You got a yep. specific subject. It's a great opportunity to subscribe to some of that stuff or at least check it out because getting access Definitely. to that channel uh, is a great way to sort of have some influence over uh, the direction we might take some of our future episodes. So definitely check that stuff out. Sure. And speaking of our patrons, we got several. We do. And the first one we got is Matthew Salvatore, also known for writing the story for Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, 
Yep. No, that's actually not true. Technically, it wasn't him. I don't want to, you know, but still. Anybody. <laughs> it was it was R.A. Salvatore, so basically him. But he is our longest-running supporter, both in Patreon and out. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, thank you so he much. Does, he does building with blocks over on the podcast, Evolve yes. podcast. Yes. He does that with Tom Jurassic, who's mm-hmm. also a friend of ours. I freaking if you guys, love Tom Jurassic. Such a cool dude. If, so helpful. If you guys are coming to this fresh and you're in that Halo hype, and you, you're you like, okay, I love Sacred Icon Halo. I've already listened to all their episodes. Who else should I listen to? Podcast Evolved. Chances are you might have listened to them already because they're also awesome dudes, but we love Podcast Evolved. I listen to Podcast Evolved. Our buddies are over there doing the building with blocks, so check them out. Uh, next at the $1 tier, we have Glass. Uh, Mark, he goes, his name's Marcus. He goes by Glass. Had him for a while. Thank you so much, buddy. Yes, thank you so much, Marcus Aurelius. Uh, you know we what? got if he was like he deserves a statue in like like a museum, but you know how like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and I think Origins kind of has that like what is it like uh, educator mode whatever that is yeah deserve to have a statue of Glassjaw there. Uh, in game, made it, not made just glass. historically. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to go have to go. To you a said museum. Glassjaw again, which is that band I listened to. We've been over this, but yeah, it's it just is. Glass. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, my bad. I keep saying no, glass, but y'all. we got your favorite TV sitcom show. People, the Shipley's at the one dollar. Ladies tier. and gentlemen, the Shipley's. Let me tell you a little bit about last episode, okay? Okay. What happened, Josh? I missed well, it. I said I pre I recorded on my VHS player. My you know VCR. what? I missed it, but luckily Hulu had it up in twenty four hours. Oh, nice. So I love Hulu. No, it was pretty good. Uh, they found out in the last episode that the Banished were coming to Halo Infinite, and it was pretty much a lot of them getting really excited. Except uh, one of the kids came home from school with a black eye, and man, they were. Let me tell you. Okay, let me tell you, Jordan and Kiersey were ready to throw hands. Okay, and they were like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Little little Timmy, I don't know your kid's names. I'm sorry." Little Timmy's like, you know, getting all upset. He's getting flustered, trying to tell everyone how this one kid at school does not think the banish are a good idea. And then the Shipleys go to the school. I bet he thinks Santa's not real too. Bogus ass little kid. So long story short, they slam dunk his ass in a basketball hoop, and uh, yeah, it kind of ends. Wow. Kind of slam dunk. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know why that. Can you imagine? Go ahead. Can you imagine? I just what I was thinking when you're saying that, Josh. I'm picturing being one of Kirstie and Jordan's children, right? Mm-hmm. And usually, like when I was a little kid, you know, I'd, I'd be in the house. My mom, you know, she's doing dishes. She's cleaning. She's what you know, washing dishes. Just watching days of our lives. But think about this: Kirstie and Jordan's kids. They get to go to the window and be like, "Hey, mom's outside drawing dope Halo art on the chalk on, with chalk again." That's just so. Can you? That's just awesome. No, I like. Think, I think that is cool because you know what? Like so we said cool. this before, but our parents were, you know, not like that. It's a different time, and and yeah. those kids are going to grow up under the influence of a mom who who draws Halo for art, yeah. and a dad who loves the competitive sense, but is also a very nice person. So it's it's like you you look at they someone should swap like, spots. We should get Jordan doing chalk and Kirsty doing competitive. <laughs> I bet they would both not be as good. Well, and then they're sports fans and 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 stuff like like there's so much there's so much to the the Shipleys and I think those kids are going to grow up to be great people because of uh, they're going to be a reflection of how awesome their parents are. We love the Shipleys. Yeah, man, think of the things we say to them for one dollar. I'm gonna be real with you. If they weren't in the Patreon, we'd still be saying this. We love the Shipleys. Yeah. We also, do. if you guys want to hear more from the Shipleys, they were on a prior episode of the podcast. Great, great stuff there. Definitely check that next, out. It's in the archives. Go ahead. Next, we have a dude that I feel like, honestly, if Josh, me, and, and this guy lived around the same area, we would be hanging all the time because this dude is a straight bro. Trevor Pokey. I love that dude. My kindred spirit, Trevor Pokey. I want I want to 
I, I loved his response to our whole, like, uh, our ghost images, like, lifting his can up. Like, you raised me up so I could stock this hormel. Oh, man, I love <laughs> But, uh, dude, he was like, yeah, he's just so supportive. I love the that dude. handsome he, son he, of a bitch, man. He's he always commented so on my funny. wedding video. Yeah. I think the only reason he's not married is probably because he can't choose from the slew of women that all love him. <laughs> he's just surrounded with... He's like an Axe body spray commercial back in like the early 2000s, yeah. except he doesn't need the body spray. He just needs his handsomeness. <laughs> oh, I love Trevor. Yeah, That's Trevor's great, great man. Love uh, him, next, we got so Justin Howard. Justin Howard. Met, but he does amazing chiropractic work. That's how he's able to. Did you know he was also a power forward uh, for Duke? I thought you were say Power Ranger. No, that would have been much cooler. Uh, are you trying to say? What's this? Power uh, hold on, Duke I'm getting. It isn't cool. I don't even want to hear that right now. You're I'm getting a voiceover. Have you ever watched the Final Four? Have you ever watched college? Justin basketball? Howard just called me, Josh. He says I want to be a Power Ranger. He says I'm paying you guys. Tell me I'm a Power Ranger. Wh which what's that? Justin, he says Josh, pick right now. You you don't even have to pay us for me to tell you. You could be a Power Ranger, buddy. I want to be a Power Ranger. Mighty Morphin, though. Like, I'm not trying to do that Turbo or Zeo shit as much as I like that. What, but. What's that, Justin? He says, oh, if Joshua Power Ranger. Oh, oh, okay. He said, he said, yeah, yeah. He said, you'd be the pink one because you're a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with pink, man. No, no, no I didn't pink. say that. Uh, next, we got the best moderator known to man, Jondon. Oh, let me see if I can say his last name. He just, he just said, hi. Justin Rofus, I think it is. Okay. So he just he just posted about how people say his last name wrong, because he says that it's that the th is silent. I think it's Rofus. Okay. Johnden Johnden Rofus. Johnden is so nice, so kind. Runs that Discord like a champ. Right, the the positive energy and what's that? I said we're starting to sound like ASMR artists. Not in a bad way, um, but our voices have gotten so. <laughs> the the uh, the positivity and pure enthusiasm for the Halo universe that Josh and I try to do have. Um, John Dins managed to channel that into the Discord himself, like he is from the same blood. It's amazing. He's doing yeah, and, work, and so. not only is you're us with the five, but you're amazing. And I think, dude, I I haven't really told you this, but ever since you mentioned how much uh, being a part of our community was like, sort of like the old days of Halo, that's really stuck with me. And I want to make sure I always and Brian too that we carry that forward and, and continue to to be evocative of that feeling because that's exactly what I've always been looking for and I think I have that with our community and I think we will have that even more when the game comes out so that really meant best bro we're sitting in such a good position for Halo Infinite we this are community is the bomb diggity next we got Dust Storm at the $1 from Podtacular that's right I'm sure I'm sure Dust is sitting there he's looking at his table and he's got like sheets everywhere of all this different material for what what to make a podcast out of with this this new banished material he's just going oh man he's like i bet them sacred icon halo boys are already recording theirs i gotta get mine together oh man he's gonna do it so well dude he's gonna do it so well he's a pro he's yeah i mean obviously you guys forever. you guys don't need to hear it because you've been probably if, you, if you're listening to this you've listened to podtacular if you're not already listening to it definitely check them out too great podcast yeah, who do we got next Ooh, we got nick ray baby at the ten dollar i'm the pretty sure he's the only one at the no 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 wait Dude, I gotta go back. Let's back it up. Everybody, we'll come back to Uber. Back, backing it up. Oh, Trevor Polky upped himself from five to ten, dude. I forgot to mention that. Oh, he went, he doubled it. So Trevor Polky's at the top now. Man, He's gonna be getting Trevor that Sacred Icon like swag, the T-shirt. Love that, dude. I, I hope he wear. I hope he can wear it to work. I hope he can. Don't spill no Hormel on the Sacred Icon shirt, though. That'd be. If he works at the grocery store. He probably can't wear that to work, but maybe he'll wear it underneath. Yeah. Okay. Dude, thank you so much, Trevor. That did not go unnoticed. It's just, it was like a week ago I noticed it. And thank you so much, dude. Awesome. But also, we gotta go. We gotta go. We go. Nick Ray is also at the 10. 
Nick Ray, I want to I want you to know that when I see your name, I think of Ray and him asking me about that mashed potatoes, and he's like, oh, da, 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 da. so when I see your ten dollar contrib- <laughs> contribution, I go, ooh. Da, 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 I think of Ray from Star Wars and how much I like that character, even though she mm. gets a lot. Oh, of and pain. there's also that Spartan Ray that you talked about from. Uh, from yes. Oh. Uh, I, apparently, if a woman Underrated. name is Ray, I'm gonna get hard eyes for her and become enamored and stuff like I that. Just I'm, picture you, you're picturing Spartan Ray played by Evangeline Lilly in mocap. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we got a $5 we got, we got to tier. On. I ain't going to talk about that. But hey, hey Nick, Photon. Hey, thank you so much, Nick. That that means a lot. Thank you. Photon, spicy meme lord, Photon. Spicy meme lord. One, the only? I picture He's the one, the only. I picture like I come up with this one little meme, and it's like, it's not that great a meme, but it's, I tried, and he like, he tells me to get on my knees, and he dubs me like a little meme lord. <laughs> Like he's sitting he there like a little meme lord. Yeah, oh meme man, lord. that's great. <laughs> uh, next we got Ian Big Dog Mills. <laughs> man, that handsome sob man, Ian. Dude, super. You know what? Guy. He's a big dog. He's not even getting like we ain't buying him Purina. He's getting straight steak off the table. Thank you for that one dollar yeah, support. Thank you so much. Ian's awesome, dude. I love how he made a comment. He was like, because he was like, you guys definitely work at three four three. Because yesterday <laughs> we were talking about how. How there's like no new news, and then today we get news. But no, no, guys, we're just fans like you. We we love three four three. I don't even know what color paint that was very the wall flattering. In their interior. I, that really made us smile. Yeah, I you, hope bro. you can hear me smile. Yes, I say that. that uh, we got we got a boo. How's it do at the five dollar? Oh, yes, I don't even have to. I, I don't even have to say anything. My my legacy of, of of lyrical genius will just live on in you, Brian. We have genius. Who is also at the five? Wait, did I say genius? Guess what, Genesis? I screwed that up. I called you a straight genius. I was looking. Genesis at, is genius. I was looking at Brian with skepticism, like who? Yeah, I was like, but uh, uh, Abu, referring to him. Thank you so much. Thank you, Abu. Thank you so much. Always putting food on that. But thing. we also Brian got Genesis, put it, and we got Genesis at the beginning at the of five. time at the cusp. Dude, I'm so impressed by how there's, we have more people at the five than the one. I love it, dude. The support's yeah. unreal. Thank you. Yeah, so much. all of them are great, but thank you so much that. Say it before, or say it again. It's so flattering that you guys want to pay. Say it again. Oh, shit. Say it one more time. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn, Brian. Tell me. <laughs> you can't see his head swaying back and forth, guys, but he was feeling that shit. Oh, oh I was at church, dude. I was swaying. Oh, my God. And just when you think the patron callouts are done, boom, what just crashed through my roof? MH cosplay in that old GFT <laughs> drop pod. Freaking got Hormel chili all over my bed. Clean this shit up, bro. Chili. Oh, man. Why clean it up? Thank you. Living it and eat your way out of it with the Helipad Map Pack sponsored by Hormel brand chili. Damn. Hey, uh, MH cosplay, <laughs> he got, he got, damn. He got out, he got out, he got that drop pod. He's like, Hello, sacred icon. Hello, Joe. Like I like to think that Mike gets out of the drop pod and he's like, "Sup, guys." But then he opens up the can and then it's like, "Hello." You know, that's the voice. The voice comes out of the can. The music. Comes oh, out of the can. oh, talking can now. That's right. And then he gives us five dollars for the Patreon. And then he gets back in his Hormel covered ODSD drop pod and it ascends into the. Mike air. just kind of awkwardly gets back in there and he's like, yeah. "Sorry about the roof, guys." Yeah, sorry about the Hormel, but. A lot of double XP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We have drawn this out, but I think we had a great discussion today. We hope you're excited for the Banished. We're at the beginning, guys. Get ready for a lot more Infinite News. Josh and I are going to have to be straight recording through the night for all this new info. We're excited. <clears throat> guys, it's been Brian and Josh on the Sacred Icon Halo Show. Keep it sacred, guys. Woo! Peace, babies! Oh.